0: Happy New Year, everybody. Welcome back to We Are Movies. Um, Today is currently January 1st of 2020, and I just finished talking to my good friend Aiden Supel, who's also a huge uh, movie buff and avid letterboxd user just like me, and uh, the two of us uh, decided to talk about the best movies of the year, or our personal favorite movies of the year, and um, we also talked about the decade of uh, the 2010s altogether, and it was, this. first of all, this was a really great year for movies, but also uh the decade has a lot of movies that i think um will be classics in the future and so uh that was a really interesting thing to talk about of course these are just our opinions there's some controversial ones there's a lot of totally not controversial ones but uh either way i hope you enjoy this conversation on this very special new year's episode of we are movies No, yeah, the difficult thing is uh, so many of the best movies of the year get, like, a limited release in December, and then oh you got to see God. them in January. Yeah. So, yeah, like 1917, you mentioned, yeah. and stuff like that I haven't it, seen yet. Yeah,
1: and Portrait of a Lady comes out Valentine's Day. The The wide release is Valentine's oh, Day. Oh, yeah. It's, like, forever away. It's going to
0: be a while, yeah. yeah. I, pro- I could have... I'm trying, trying to, to catch it at the state theater, but...
1: I'm trying to find some reputable website to just stream that thing from, but, you know, Yeah, I
0: I, let me ask, because a lot of great movies this year came out directly to Netflix. Yeah. Did you ever try to catch any of those in
1: theaters? I saw... Um, I saw The Irishman. I made sure to see The Irishman there. You saw that in theaters? Yeah. Oh, yeah, me too. And then I saw uh, El Camino there. Nice. And the yeah, I think that was... I didn't. See, yeah, I didn't. I watch, I streamed. I've. Yeah, I streamed *Marriage Story* and and uh, Two Popes*. But yeah.
0: Okay. I haven't seen Two Popes* yet.
1: Two Pope. I, I I, w-
0: I want to see it. Uh, it looks. I I, I just because I'm a huge Anthony Hopkins and yeah. Jonathan Price fan.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, and it's well, the guy who
0: did uh, *City of God*. Uh, *City of God*. Yeah, yeah. I Love *City of God*.
1: I yeah. I need to watch *City of God*. I that's kind of like a list of movies, I need to watch. But Two Two Popes* was really. It was a it was a lot better than I thought it was going to be because it was kind of it was, it was directed like a documentary, which I know kind of is what City of God is like that yeah. you feel to get the yeah. documentary. But it's, it's got a really good script and both of them are really good. I think okay. Jonathan Price is I mean incredible, well,
0: and he looks just
1: like oh my uh, god Pope Francis too.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. that it was his favorite movie of the year. Wait, but, really? Yeah, until he saw The Lighthouse. He oh, said okay. It was his favorite movie yeah. of the year, and so I watched it. It was on Shutter, and yeah. I've Shutter, and um, that was a very, uh, that's a great movie just to watch without knowing anything about mm-hmm. it. Uh, cause the first 40 minutes is like one unbroken shot and it's its own. It's like a, it's the story and you think, you know, what's happening. But then once that shot ends, it becomes a completely different kind of movie mm-hmm. and you start to realize why there were so many weird things in the first half of the movie. And, uh, so I really recommend one Cut of the dead. That's the first movie I'll mention yeah. today. Cause, uh, but you um, you prepared some categories, right? And oh, are some... we talking?
1: Which are we talking about the tens or the nineteen first?
0: Oh, I think we'll t- we'll talk about the year, and okay. then we'll expand outwards and talk yeah. about the okay. the decade. So
1: I have I have a, I just have, I have a couple. Because this was a great year for movies. Oh I my really god, thought. it was, it really was. Yeah, and I like like um I thought last year was okay. like there were good movies there were some pretty good movies last year. Yeah. But I think and like I think the la- I think twenty seventeen was kind of like the last like great year for movies. Yeah. Because you had like Shape of Water.
0: Moonlight. Yeah, that was oh, 2016. Oh, sorry, that was twenty sixteen. Uh, yeah. uh, Shape com- of Water. Com- three, by your name. Three billboards. Logan. Yeah, Logan. Like that kind of yeah. like yeah,
1: that was like a really great year. And then last year was pretty good. They yeah. were, like, but Bohemian Rhapsody was nominated for best picture. <laughs> for
0: with one best editing.
1: Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. But yeah, this year it was just like there's. Like all of them. Yeah. There's so many great. There's so many great movies.
0: Yeah. Um, so I, I guess the the really broad, easy question to start off with was: Did you did you have like a number one yeah. or like movies tied for number one? Yeah. What was your easily
1: easily? I it was going it was Avengers for a long time just because yeah. it was like that theater experience was kind of like unlike anything sure. ever and it was just kind of the did most, you see it on opening night. Yep. Yeah. And it was too. just everyone was excited and crying and all that stuff and I was like. That's probably, like, my favorite theater experience. Just because it was just... Everyone was just on the same wavelength, like, and just loving it. But... Yeah. Number one for me easily was Parasite. Oh, just yeah. Me incredible. too. incredible. I saw that and joke. I was, like, really excited that we could talk about it. Yeah. Because
0: Parasite... Uh, did you see that uh, in the theaters? Did you see that?
1: I saw it three times. Yeah. I saw uh, it at the State
0: Theater, yeah. too. Yeah. I, I saw it, remember. yeah.
1: Once at the State Theater and twice at NCG. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. That
0: movie just... Everything I want... That I personally would mm-hmm. want in a movie, it's like it's funny, it's really yeah. funny. It's
1: it's it's the funniest it, movie of the year. Yeah, I think undoubtedly
0: hysterical. It's it's uh, also the saddest movie of the it's year. It's sad. It's very suspenseful. Like mm-hmm. uh, it's incredibly unpredictable, but not in like. And intentionally subversive for the sake of it kind of way. Mm -hmm. It all makes sense when twists happen. And then also when you rewatch it and you notice the foreshadowing that there is towards the twists is really great. And also uh, there's one scene in that that I think was like my favorite... Scene in any movie oh, this we, year.
1: Can, are we talking about spoilers?
0: No, no, it's not. Well, no, sp- no. no well, I'm just, I'll say this without spoilers. Okay, no spoilers. Um, it's basically the raining scene when they're going home in the rain. It's
1: oh yeah, no, it's oh, incredible. It's
0: just it's gorgeous, and uh, I can't. I don't want to say anything else about this movie in terms of the plot because I think it's best to just go going blind.
1: in blind. Yeah. Is like. I did. I avoided every trailer I could for this. Cause I did. I just didn't want to see anything.
0: Cause mm-hmm. I just kind of wanted to go into it. And all the trailers were like, "Parasite starts as one thing, and becomes another thing." And I'm like, "Oh." That's, oh really? Yeah, yeah. And I was like, "Oh, oh I God. have to just see this thank without God. knowing anything." Okay.
1: Well, spoiler for anyone listening for like thirty seconds, but I just want to talk about. Okay. I think this mo- I think this. Brief movie- spoiler alert. Brief skip, spoiler. skip forward thirty seconds yes, or so. Okay. Just I think this movie's like perfect after watching it three times, and I think that what really cements this movie is incredible is. There's this, there's the moment where, as I think the moment that really changes the tone of this movie and it's one, literally one shot is when the maid falls down the stairs and like breaks her neck. Oh yeah. I think up until then you're like, whoa, this is like a really great movie. And then it's, oh, it's weird. And then it's It's like, oh, what's going Yeah. It's farcical. And then it's what's going on. And even like after like the twist in the basement kind of happens, you're like, it's still kind of funny. Like the, yeah. And it's like they're, like, fighting over it, blah, 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 blah. Just as soon as she gets kicked down the stairs and her neck breaks. The movie
0: changes it's, genre It's right it's, it's
1: It's, like, one of the best moments in recent movies for yeah. me. I just think, like, that is, like, a lot of people are like, it doesn't mix tones well. I argue, nope, it 100% does. It oh, establishes yeah. that, like, that is, like, everything's changed now. We had this kind of farce, and now it's, like, hardcore drama just.
0: <laughs> right. And I, I know it's not good to, I, I don't mean to generalize an entire country's oh, yeah. films, but I've noticed in most most South Korean films I've mm-hmm. seen, they mix genres really well like that. Especially Bong Joon-ho as a yeah. director. If you've seen movies like The Host that he's done. I own it. I have not seen it. The, the way he incorporates humor into movies that otherwise shouldn't have humor is yeah. really great. And yeah. uh, hes I think he's one of the most clever people at that. Um, yeah. But yeah, no, I can't recommend. recommend Parasite enough. Uh, I saw it
1: a few months ago, and it's still my favorite movie of the year. Mm-hmm. Have you? I've only seen Snowpiercer and Okja. So I've only seen his English speaking movies besides this. One. I haven't seen Okja yet, actually. Okay. I did
0: see Snowpiercer though. Um, yeah, I, I recommend The Host. Uh, he also, I mean, he's been directing. Yeah, there's for like
1: Memories a of a Murder. There's Memories
0: like, of a Murder is great.
1: I, need, yeah. I, need, I I yeah. I just need to watch all of his movies.
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, There's, yeah, pretty much, I mean, most of his movies are pretty great. I, uh, he did a, um, oh, Mother's Very Good, too. Yeah, highly recommend that one. So, um, but yeah, uh, so now that we've gotten that one out of the way, (laughs) our, like, number one recommendation, uh, were there any, did you have any, like, hot takes or anything you wanted to share before we talk about categories? Was there anything this year that, like, you liked that you didn't think that that other people didn't think work was good or vice okay. versa um
1: well I think
0: oh,
1: um, well we were kind of talking about it before but I really like Joker oh yeah For whatever yeah. I just think
0: we know, talked about this off air and then I was like save it Yeah.
1: So let's save it yeah um, I really just to like,
0: get the clicks I need to make sure we talk about yeah Joker. of
1: course it should be called Joker is <laughs> the best movie of the year what episode whatever
0: um <laughs> There's a lot of movies that like. That was, I mean, a lot of people called Joker their favorite movie of the year. Regular people I know, uh, mm-hmm. the the world's foremost film critic, Jeremy Johns, said it's his oh. favorite movie of you the know year.
1: No, I don't like Joker anymore. <laughs>
0: um, um. I mean, I, I enjoyed Joker. Um, obviously, the uh, taxi driver and king of comedy yeah. uh, resemblance. Uh, it's there a lot yeah. the movie's in, heavily inspired by those i mean it's it's pretty much worth it for the walking phoenix performance oh, yeah. alone i'd say without him the movie kind of stumbles i think but like his performance makes that
1: do you think that what it is do you think he'll win because him and adam driver are yeah. the top
0: that's a good question right i mean he gets it's the most
1: talked about performance it today. is and he's been nominated like three times and it's not one yeah is this, is this his year or is he going to be getting close to it depends how, how
0: self-conscious is the academy where they're like we can't give the Joker two Oscars because like I think they Heath, Heath Ledger won
1: I don't know I don't think I think it's just everyone's talking about it there's so yeah. many grids like <laughs> do you know Nick Mundy? Yeah, like he to be like, part of Screen Junkies, yeah, right? He, yeah, he's like, I have three screeners of Joker. I think it's a little excessive <laughs>
0: at this point. Yeah, I mean, he might win. I mean, he was definitely the most, like...
1: It's going to be down to those he two. He disappeared
0: into his character more than oh most God. actors did this year. Um, but, I mean, I'm one of those people, I don't really put that much, that much uh, stock in the awards anymore. <laughs> you know? Because you get stuff like Bohemian Rhapsody winning, best editing, and so it's yeah. like I, I don't consider that to be a metric of quality anymore. It's more political yeah. now than mm-hmm. anything.
1: I, I still think I like <sighs> um, I think awards are in, I, I get excited about awards because it's the time where like where movies and performances get to like live longer than they would. Yeah, because it's like you win an Oscar, like that's your like you like that's part of the leg. You're part of the Oscars legacy now.
0: Right, right. Is
1: like you know you probably wouldn't think about Darkest Hour after watching it, but since Gary Oldman won, it's like his performance and right. therefore that movie is kind of like going down. And
0: that's a very positive way of looking at it. Mm-hmm. The the cynic in me yes. looks at films like. Like 1917, for example. These mm-hmm. movies that get a small release in December and then get the wide release in January. And they do that because they want the nominations they get to get more people to come see the movie in theaters. Right? Yeah, I mean, it's a, geni- so, it's a right. genius it's, movie. It's genius Sniper. marketing. American Sniper. That's why it's all a- of the oscar movies come out towards the very end of the year and then in January, too. Because then they can get that theater release crossing over with all the nominations coming out, too. Mm-hmm. Um, which, yeah, no, it's, it's genius marketing and, and business, you know, there,
1: but. And plus you, you get to fill what would otherwise be an awful month of January, <laughs> right. where it's like yes. the grudge. Cause January, and yeah. like that <laughs> And, or, and you'd get, but you get Oscar movies now, so you get a Hidden Life wide release and you get 1917 wide release and, yeah. you know.
0: Yeah, no, you're right. And, um, I think, what is, what is a Hidden Life? You mentioned that a couple times now. What is... Is that a It's
1: a it's uh Sounds, it sounds
0: like a Terence Malick movie or something. Oh, is it really? Yeah, it's really a Terrence
1: Malick <laughs> it's movie. A Terrence <laughs> it's a 100 Malick it's like It's pretty funny. It's like a uh it's a That's, handheld that... World War II movie where it's it's about a German man who during World War II didn't give in to um becoming a Nazi even though and he was imprisoned for it and it's just his kind of act of protest of not joining the Nazi party, even though he wasn't Jewish and he was a German citizen, and, like, okay. even though he was imprisoned, his morals were so high that, like, he, like, wouldn't succumb to becoming a Nazi, and I think that's, like, very interesting. And yeah. It's very interestingly shot, and... I'm, I'm uh, I
0: have a, uh, I don't want to say love-hate relationship. <laughs> uh, I like some Terrence Malick movies, and I don't like some other ones, mm-hmm. but I, that, that that's an interesting story, so... I'll definitely see it. But if there's anything you know about Terrence Malick, it's that he doesn't care about the story. Oh no. <laughs> it's like if he decides to abandon his movies just to record some birds and make that it's the whole movie.
1: CGI dinosaurs. <laughs>
0: so CGI dinosaurs here there. That, that's that's what he'll do. But um you uh, brought in some topics, right? Yeah. you wanted to go okay. over. What was the first what's the first one that you wanted? Okay. Um
1: 2019 specific or just yeah. t- Okay. Did you have any 2019 specific stuff? Um let me see oh well i just have some yeah i have some topics that like just we can talk about sure so i i wrote down that like 2019 was kind of an amalgamation of what the tens were for movies and i have a couple points like um so we've got this kind of like rise of indie movies going on right now with like a24 and neon right just like fox searchlight fox searchlight well because i mean i don't who knows what's going on with them right now just because of yeah. disney but like <laughs> you like is it indie still if disney it's owns not them? i don't right. think yeah. but um so you got that and then you've got um like ncu and star wars kind of taking over the tens and then kind of coming to an end in that 2019 oh yeah um
0: at least theatrically for now for now
1: yeah. yeah and then um the rise of popularity of Foreign films like *Parasite*, *Farewell*, *Portrait of Levy. Yeah, is *The Farewell* a foreign film? That's <laughs> a controversy. It's at right? um, Golden Globes. It's It's nominated
0: that. for foreign language, even though it's it's it is, an American. I mean, it's in a foreign language. It's in a foreign language, and it's an American production, right? I think.
1: Yes, because yeah. it's a twenty-four.
0: A twenty-four, right? Okay, gotcha.
1: Um, and then um, <clears throat> streaming platforms being taken seriously. So you've got. Irishman, Two Pope's marriage story being right. frontrunners. Irishman I
0: think was the most expensive Netflix production. Like two hundred million
1: dollars. Right.
0: Cause not only do you have the the paychecks of Robert De Niro yeah. and Al Pacino and Joe Pesci, but like all of the DA. Well I wanna talk stuff.
1: I wanna talk about that movie later. Because okay. I think I think we could have a good conversation about it. But what I kinda wanted to talk about right now is non traditional entertainment styles and formats being so great. Like I have here like YouTube and um things like Lonely Island's Bash Brothers and oh. John Mulaney and the Sack Lunch Bunch right. and, like, miniseries like Watchmen and When They See Us. Like, yes. those yeah. are, like, considered some of the best things of the year. Yeah. And, like, they're not movies or TV for the right. most part. Yeah. Um, do, you, what, do you think that's going to be a trend? Do you think, like, non-traditional, like, formatted, like, you know, two-hour movies and or, like, 20 to 40-minute TV episodes, do you think those are going to become... Less and less, like, uh, do you think other things, like, you know, maybe a 70-minute, you know, special, like a 70-minute, like, experimental music video or something? Or, like, yeah. Anima, like, via, um, what is it, PTA, right?
0: Yes, yeah. Yeah, yeah no, I think, I think that's totally uh, going to happen because, I mean, most of the creativity is leaving Hollywood, you know, and it's going to TV <clears throat> and stuff like that anyway. So I mean, people every artist just wants as much control of their thing as possible. Mm-hmm. So a lot of that that means going through like these really niche channels, you know. So I, I think that's
1: bound to happen. What about you? Does that do you think so? I think I don't know. It's just like I think did you have did you end up did have you have you seen um when they see us yet on like David Byrne It's like one of the best. I've heard really good. You things. know, it's it's a limited series. It's four episodes, but it's like one of the best pieces of media of the tens easily. Okay. And I think it was one of the if you if you call it a show. Yeah. It's one of the best shows of all time. It was just it's truly incredible. And um, then you have like John Mulaney, The Zach Lunch Punch, which like I saw that isn't a comedy special at all. It's just right. whatever he wanted to make. All and I the just ads for so that. So happy.
0: Yeah, every leading up to that, everyone was like, "What is this though?" <laughs> but like, he marketed
1: it? It exactly how it is. It's a children's yeah. musical and special.
0: And it's actually kind of. For children, like it's
1: a hundred percent for everyone.
0: Yeah, yeah, and um, it it was it reminded me a little bit of uh, there's a show this year, a sketch comedy show called uh, um, I Think You Should Leave with Tim Robbins. It's,
1: inc- I love it.
0: Right. So much. And it, it was a similar style of comedy, except you know I think You Should Leave is a lot more adult oriented. Yeah. But that absurdist approach to comedy that also depends a lot on your your like preconceptions of how sketch comedy should go, mm-hmm. and purposely subverting that. I think uh, that was a brilliant
1: show, yeah. and I also really like Sack Lunch Punch. I thought that was really yeah. fun too. I it's I just I'm so excited that people and creators are just like companies are like I'm going to give you some money. Yeah. Do whatever you want. We'll release it. Yeah. Just make it however you want. Make it as long as or as short as you want. Do whatever you want and we'll release it, just, just we trust you, just go do that. And I think that's, like, that's what I think almost every company should be doing, is just letting people...
0: Yeah, take the financial risks,
1: yeah. right? And yeah. I think it's understandable if, like, a company doesn't want to do something, because it's, like, there it goes their finances, but I think once that it's given, just let them do what they want. And yeah. if, like, if they go over or under budget, like, that's their problem. Like, you gave them that much. Right. And it's, like, you know, I don't know, I think that's... And I mean, I'm there's a, there's a
0: lot of, what instead you get a lot of now is if there's a popular low-budget movie, like, um, or maybe not even, doesn't even have to be that popular, but like, uh, you get Safety Not Guaranteed, directed by uh-huh. Colin Trevorrow. <laughs> yep. And then it's like, alright, Colin Trevorrow, take Jurassic Park and Star Wars and all these, and you just like <laughs> throw them in way over their heads. You're like, yeah. there's no... Build up. It's like somebody Red Letter Media made a joke where he was like, "Oh, the director of the Babadook made a new movie this year." He's like, "Was it the Fast and Furious? Was it like Hobbs and Shaw?"
1: Hobbs and Shaw too, from yeah. the director of the
0: Babadook. Like that's the kind of thing that happens, and uh, oh, people man. are forgetting the reasons. The reason we liked that movie, you know,
1: it's it's because they did what they wanted to right, do. If
0: the director of the Babadook directs Fast and Furious Eight. <laughs> or nine or whatever. I think that yeah, the ninth one yeah, is the next right. one. It's that's just just because you have a different person in the chair doesn't make that not a movie made yeah. by Universal. It's Universal's <laughs> movie. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so I mean, yeah, I, I I'm grateful for companies like A24 and A24 has made bad movies. I want to point oh, this yeah. out. They've made oh, some yeah. crap that oftentimes isn't talked about. Like they kind of brush it under the rug pretty well. But the fact that they ch- ch- t- they take these these uh, risks, and a lot of them work out, you know? Mm-hmm. I think a lot of companies should follow their, their, um, you know, their model. Yeah,
1: they're, they're, my, they're pre- like, for a long time, it was Pixar was my favorite studio. Then Pixar kind of went a little under, but I still yeah. think, and I, I want to talk about Toy Story 4, but um, I think A24 is just, they're a brilliant company. They let people do what they want. Yeah. And, you know, even if a movie doesn't do well, I don't think they try and hide the fact that they made it, but they're like, remember Moonlight? Right. <laughs> they're like, here's the good ones. And, right. you know, we have the mediocre ones. And I think yeah. they, like, they'll acknowledge that because they, like, make um, those mugs that have, like, all their... They, it's, they have a custom mug that you can have from all their movies, including, like... Yeah, they have a great store, like an online yeah. shop, yeah. But I think, like, they don't want to forget their movies, but they're, like... Their main selling point is, like, remember these
0: great ones? Yeah. Yeah. And they had some great movies this year, too. Uh, yeah. They did uh, The Lighthouse... Yeah. Which was maybe my second favorite movie of the year. Yeah,
1: do you want to talk about that?
0: Do you wanna talk about the lighthouse? Yeah, sure. we can talk about that. Yeah. 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 How'd you I, like how'd you like the
1: lighthouse? I wanna watch it a second time. I really yeah. liked it. I like I really liked it and I was like, wow, this is like really good <laughs> but I don't know if it's for me. Yeah. I, so I need to watch it a second time. But um I think it's just clear that like it's a movie that he wanted to make so bad. Oh yeah, 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 and you know whether that's a good or bad thing. I think uh, one, another movie that came out this year, um, the man who killed Don Quixote, by Terry. Uh, by Gilliam. Terry
0: Gilliam, which I want to see. I haven't seen. It yet. is awful. It's, it's awful. It's it's a
1: well, movie that only he wanted to make.
0: <laughs> right.
1: That in a bad way.
0: Right. It it's just like he. Wa- he wanted to make that for a long time oh, too. Right. Yeah, I know was... there's
1: a documentary about when he tried to fake it first, but yeah, it was it was bad. It oh, was like really bad, and it. That was... makes me sad. <laughs> but Adam Driver is really good in it. But we can talk about yeah. him later when we talk about Marriage Story. Right. Uh, um. And. Uh, why do you think you love the lighthouse so much?
0: I, I, I love the lighthouse. So part of it is it's reminiscent of other movies I love, like Eraserhead. Oh. Okay. Uh, these yeah. sort of, it's. Uh, Uh, What do you say? Like, it's a movie about very abstract and undefined dread. Like you know you're scared of something, but you Mm -hmm. don't know what it is. Yeah. The whole movie. Um, It's also kind of an absurdist comedy. Uh, It's
1: also. uh, it's not homoerotic.
0: It's a little homoerotic, but yeah, in terms of the comedy, it's definitely it's not above fart jokes. It's you know Which is
1: so weird. Yeah. I don't know. And like, then
0: but yeah, it's super homoerotic. It's it's very um I think there's so many ways to take the movie where it and it doesn't it doesn't it, it's not overbearing with its message mm-hmm. what it's trying to say. It's you can take it as though Willem Defoe and Robert Pattinson are the same person mm-hmm. and because you eventually you find out they're but they both have the same first name, and so yeah. it's like, um, and they can only tolerate each other when they're like drunk out of their minds. Yeah. And so you can kind of take it as
1: a character study in that way. You can take it as like a coming coming of sexuality movie. You yeah. can take it a lot of. Because a lot ways. of it's about
0: sexuality. Yeah. Yeah. It's the the only movie I saw this year with a mermaid vagina in it. Um,
1: you didn't see Toy Story four. <laughs>
0: That's a good one. I did see Toy Story 4, yeah. actually. Um, but, yeah, no. The Lighthouse is... I think it's just one of the movies that I'm destined to re-watch the most out of okay. this year. and And... The one of the movies it was this combination of like pure enjoyment, but also understanding what I'm seeing is actually really great too. Mm -hmm. So it's it's really nice when you can have both of those things. Because sometimes you watch something that you know is great and you just appreciate it, but you don't love it. And then there's stuff that you love, but then you acknowledge it might be kind of trash. And so to to have like to equally love something and also know it's great is just really nice. Yeah. Um,
1: And I think well. I want to watch it again because I just think like, I think it was, it's such a shocking first viewing Mm. that I think everyone needs to watch it again. Even if they didn't like it the first time, watch it again. I think you need to kind of have a clear vision of what's going on. Mm. But, um, I, after that I watched The Witch and I loved it. I actually, like, I was very surprised, but I think that's kind of, but looking now it's like. Was that his like safe movie? <laughs> he's like, right. that was a studio witch... friendly movie that got him famous, and now he's right. like, all right, I'm gonna make the shit I like.
0: Because <laughs> I saw The Witch in theaters when that came out, and people, mm-hmm. I think the first the first forty minutes, if you're a casual viewer, the first forty minutes can be kind of rough, you know. And I oh, saw I didn't, people. I didn't
1: feel that. No. Well, I, I yeah, think. Yeah. Well,
0: I mean, also, I don't know if we're casual viewers. Oh or not, no. But like, not. I, I saw a lot of people who walked in and they thought it was gonna be like The Conjuring, and mm. then they walked out within those forty minutes, and. And once it ended, and I was, like, blown away by this movie, I was, like, this, like, very few movies can just, like, just pull me in and make me feel genuinely terrified that way and confused and all these things. And once it ended, this girl stood, stands up in front of me and goes, like, you know, I think I prefer jump scares. <laughs> and I was that, like, that's, that's at least she's come to terms with her case. But, like, you know. That's,
1: that's... just the dread. She's just, like, I guess... I guess I'm a jump scare person. I think I, guess. I just
0: realized I don't care for all this like artsy stuff. <laughs> um, but yeah, I loved I'm, Eggers. Like, I'll yeah. totally see the next any movie yeah. he does after I, this.
1: I know you're a big horror movie person. I yeah. think this was an incredible year for horror movies. Yeah, you had Midsommar. Uh, Which was I really loved. Um, yeah. I really loved Hereditary. Yes. And I really liked this movie, and I yeah. think it's really good. I just I don't think it's one hundred percent for me. Sure. Have you seen the director's cut? Of it? I haven't yet. No, it's got a scene that should have been in it. Really? It's like it, it it like has one or two like one two three more scenes, and there's an incredible scene after um, they try and like. Is there a scene in the original where they try and like drown a little girl? No, Where, like they put weights on her and make have her drown. I don't
0: think that happens. No, No, oh, well. There's that. That's,
1: there's that, There's a scene that has that, and then like <laughs> a really great scene between Danny and um, whatever his name was, but that really makes it about a relationship. I didn't sure, get yeah. that from the first viewing, but from the second viewing, I'm like, oh, this is about a the end of a horrible relationship. Right,
0: and I think that's one of because I love Hereditary. I, mm-hmm. I like I, still, I love Hereditary. I think yeah, Hereditary too. is a more clear, concise movie and. In its themes and it's a little tighter. Yeah. But too.
1: maybe because it's safer. It may it, could, it may yeah. be
0: safer. I also think it was just more effective as a horror movie, yeah. too. Midsummer has a it's a lot loftier. It's going after a lot more things. Mm-hmm. It is about a relationship. It's also kind of about grief. Yeah. Uh, and and so it's one of those things where I think the 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 theme stew of the movie mm-hmm. is a little messier, yeah. but it's still like what it might lack in that kind of like clear um, direction that it's trying to point you in, it's just so like beautiful. And Florence Pugh is amazing, she gives one of the best just performances breakout
1: year. year, yeah. For her. Oh, yeah, she did Fighting with My Family Didn't see and that Little Women. I wasn't the uh, biggest Little Women fan, but she was incredible in that, really. She was my favorite part of that movie, yeah. She yeah. was the best part of that movie, yeah. yeah.
0: Um, so yeah, great year for her, and yeah, I love, I mean, again, Ari Aster's like, just like Eggers, like, I'll, I'll see any movie that he does now after, after these two. Yeah. Um, Um, also a lot of similarities between *Midsummer* and, uh, The Wicker Man, both the original and the Nicolas Cage remake. Mm -hmm. Obviously it's better than the Nicolas Cage (laughs) remake of The Wicker Man. Yeah.
1: Um, um. What a, there was a climax. Did you ever? Did you? Ever I did not have
0: seen climax. No. Well,
1: I don't want to talk about it too much because it's like I want. I want you to go in cold. But yeah, it's 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 probably my top five of the year.
0: Really? Okay. Yeah.
1: And then um, I saw that it was pretty high on your list, and I'm really happy because a lot of people like the movie, but I think we both really, really dig us.
0: Us. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, I wanted to mention because when you were talking about a twenty four. In a way, I really like... I'm not saying I like all their movies. In fact, I'd say most of their movies are bad. But I really like the model of Blumhouse as a company. Mm -hmm. Because they're very... they, they, They know... I mean, it works easier because they do horror and horror is a really easy market to do low-budget movies with yeah but they pretty much just jason blum gives a movie to a director basically yeah. and so sometimes you get crap sometimes you get truth or dare sometimes you get the black christmas remake happy death day to you <laughs> <laughs> which was kind of a guilty pleasure for okay. me happy death day to you <laughs> but yeah it wasn't great um
1: and uh what, but then you get stuff like that? us and was us blunt yeah, yeah. Okay. Us, uh, yeah. And I knew it's, Get Out was, but I didn't know if, like, it transcended was, Blumhouse. The funny thing is now
0: because Blumhouse did Get Out, which was nominated for Oscars and yeah. everything, and, you know, Jordan Peele won an Oscar for the script that mm-hmm. movie. Now it's like, now that uh, Blumhouse is an Academy Award winning company, yeah. you'll see, like, from the studio that brought you Get Out. And then it's like, Ma <laughs> or like <laughs> Truth or
1: Dare and you're like oh that, that was, I think that was actually on the poster for Ma I
0: think it was on the poster <laughs> for Ma and for Truth or Dare uh, and like it'll be on the next two Halloweens and whatever and I kind of I kind of liked the last Halloween that they did that's
1: like putting on Frozen 2 from the studio who brought you the shaggy DA <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah and but
1: Minutemen I, comes Frozen 2 did you,
0: did you like us more than Get Out or do you still prefer Get Out
1: Get out a little more. Yeah. I But I think... Because I was really shocked by us the first time. Because it wasn't what I was expecting. Yeah. But then the second time I was like, oh, like... This is a very concise movie. This is a yes. very dense movie.
0: Yeah. And if you're a sucker for setup and payoff, that's like all of us. Yeah. The first half of that movie, even when you don't even think it is, or if you wouldn't notice, a lot of that sets up for stuff that pays yeah, off like, later.
1: Yeah, And then I think... Thanks to the internet, I now going into the second time I was like the glove and the red jumpsuit. I was like, oh, yeah. it's because she was wearing the Michael Jackson shirt.
0: Yes, yeah, uh, it's it's so clever, and I think Get Out is a tighter screenplay, mm-hmm. um, it, and that movie is much more, I think, uh, tonally consistent in a lot of ways. It's a, a little more, I. I, I don't know I think it's it's what it's what the uh, I guess the snobs would call more prestige film. Yeah. us was I think more of a visceral experience for me' cause it was yeah. the, it was to me a scarier movie and also a funnier movie um so I felt a lot more extremes uh watching that so I'd say like get out's the better movie us I thought was the more enjoyable experience for me okay I was just more into it and uh there's a lot of just it's it's a little more schlockier on purpose. it's more mm-hmm. of like very indulging in all the genre clichés and Lupita Nyong'o oh, yeah. is
1: amazing. She was really She great. like looking back at like what like with with this upcoming like award season and stuff. I think um, she gave the best leading per- actress performance of the year. And I yeah. think it was a pretty kind of weak year for leading actress led movies. Yeah,
0: you have, like her and Scarlett Johansson and,
1: Really, uh, uh, not re- Renee Zellweger, I guess. Like yeah, I never the saw that. I mean, she, fine, Ronin yeah, Ronin. but it's like, but then you get to the actor, and you're like talking about all these incredible performances. Really? Yes. But I think, I
0: think. What we're she, saying is my, men are better than women in <laughs> twenty nineteen. <2019.
1: the>
0: <laughs> no, uh, no. No, don't no. don't. That's not the takeaway of this. Um, uh, I just want to make that clear. Yeah, of course. But um. <laughs> there's, there's no underlying underlying sexism
1: to this. crisis. Yeah, she was. I mean, she's legitimately <laughs> incredible. And yeah. And uh, it it was really refreshing too. Roles actually, because everyone talks about her as red. Yeah. Like the the even though isn't the regular version technically red because you know yeah yeah yeah. But
0: but I mean the (laughs) main role she plays is still really very good. She does frantic very well. Uh, It reminded me of that like. In like old seventies thrillers, you like stuff like Marathon Man. Like Dustin Mm -hmm. Hoffman, at the end of that movie, is just like sweating and and just like this like feral person. Yeah. And most thrillers don't do that to their main characters anymore. And so she looks like by the end of the movie, you're like, oh, she's been through hell.
1: Yeah. And even throughout the movie, on the second watch especially, you'll notice that she's not only in shock, but she's like, oh, I'm guilty. Like I've done some shit. Like oops, my sins are coming back to me right right now. Right. Right. It's it's yeah.
0: And and it was also really refreshing, too, because she like, her breakout role was 12 Years a Slave, Mm -hmm.
1: and she won the Oscar for that, and then It's so bad, because they're like, you've already won an Oscar, and it's like, no!
0: (laughs) And then the whole thing, and then right after that she went into that like post-Oscar slump, where she wasn't like, I saw her in like uh, non stop, the Liam Neeson movie. Yeah. Which I think she might have filmed before that. But then she was in, you know, she's Maz Kanata in Star Wars, but, but nobody. She's like,
1: I mean, I mean, that's that's probably just a cool thing. Yeah, like, it's like, but nobody. Would, in...
0: A lot of people don't forget that she's in those, you yeah. know. And then, like. And then Black Panther came out. Black Panther.
1: And really revived her career.
0: Yeah. I think.
1: And uh, Evan realized why they like her. I
0: forgot she was in Black Panther, actually. until you said that. You know, but yeah, yeah, no, no, she was good in Black Panther. Uh, but yeah, and then Us, I thought, was her best performance since at least since 12 years a slave maybe maybe of all, the best performance since Nonstop. yeah her role as uh, flight attendant number two in Nonstop yeah. was uh, really up there <laughs> but um one of my i thought super underrated movies this year that i really loved i i i don't like doing ranked lists because it's really weird going like oh this great thing is slightly better than this other great thing but um I'd say like my third favorite movie this year was The Art of Self Defense with Jesse Eisenberg. I
1: want to talk about this so much.
0: Okay. I, so you saw it.
1: Yes. Okay. I was like no one's seen this movie. Yes. It's so good. Oh, oh yeah,
0: it. I saw it at, I saw it a little early. I was at the Edinburgh Film Festival this past okay. summer. And It was a, it was where? At. The Edinburgh Film Festival. <laughs> Where's that? I, I in um Scotland. Um <laughs> and so I was studying there with some people, mm-hmm. and yeah, my friend and I went to see this, because I was like, it seemed like the trailers seemed really funny and offbeat, mm-hmm. and the movie was even better than I expected it, it to be. It
1: was, it's the, it was the biggest surprise of the year. Yeah. Because I went into it just like... First time director and writer, too. Really? Uh, for At least for a feature, I think. Yeah. Um, I think everyone for, I think that movie really should, everyone forgets about how incredible of an actor Jesse Eisenberg can be. Just because he's yeah. a meme. He's a he's a meme. He's Lex <laughs> right. Luthor. He's like all these weird roles. Oh, yeah. Kind Lex Luthor kind of
0: sunk him a bit, didn't quirky. he?
1: Quirky. <laughs> but then it's like now you're looking and everyone's making their top of the decade and Social Network is at the top of a lot of them. A lot right. of people think that Social Network's one of the best movies of the decade. Yeah. And he, he's the lead character in that. And he's right. Like, He's an incredible actor.
0: Yeah, and his his super offbeat approach is so... It works so well in the art of self yeah. It's one of the funniest movies I saw this year. Like, mm-hmm. I was doubling over at some of the lines. There's stuff that's so, like... Like, when he's like, what does he look like? And he's like, well, he wears hats. But sometimes he doesn't wear hats. And that, to <laughs> me, was, like, one of the funniest things I heard. In the, and it's also a great uh, message about toxic masculinity, too, mm-hmm. in that movie. Um in a way that's just it's like the movie takes place in like this absurdist universe where everyone's a little off and awkward it's one of
1: the best uses of world-building this. Yes. Way. No yeah. question, because it's like, I love movies where it's like, it sets up that they're in a weird world, yeah. but it's they have such limited space. They're like, we're going to talk about like one area of this. Yeah. Right. Even you want to know what the rest like, of this
0: world's like. yeah. But
1: I love movies that are like, yeah, the whole world's kind of like this, but we're just going to figure it on one guy <laughs> going to a dojo like every right. day. You're like, the a lesser
0: movie would just, the weirder people would be like Jesse Eisenberg and then the the guy who runs the dojo, you know? Mm-hmm. And then it would be like, oh, everyone else is normal and they're like the straight man to these antics but yeah. instead they're like what if what if everything in this world's a little off and very it's like it feels like you're seeing it through the eyes of like of somebody who just has a strange perception of reality uh-huh. or a very simplified perception of reality. Yeah. Uh, there's a great scene where these guys at work are all talk like it's the cool guys at work and they're just talking about sex positions and yeah. one of them's like doggy style. That's also a very good one. <laughs> and that's like, <laughs> that's just, it's so great. I can't recommend that movie enough. Like I, I odds are if you're listening to this, you haven't seen it.
1: So oh, you should uh, see it. I just defense is about a guy who gets beat up. Uh, And so he decides to kind of better his life and take dojo or karate lessons just to like for self-defense. Yes. And that's all you should know.
0: It's written and directed by Riley Stearns, who I just looked up, did do a movie in 2014 called Faults, starring Leland Orser. I did not see it. Uh, But this is, I guess, probably, yeah, his biggest movie to date. And uh, I want to go back and see his other stuff now. Mm -hmm. And uh, I'll see anything he does after this because this movie was just... So wonderful, and so my kind of yeah. movie too. it's
1: like what is it? It's a wiener dog, right? That he has a he's a pet companion. It's yes, like yeah. Dog. But speaking, and that was that was a great. I'm not a big animal person, but I really like that. Speaking of animals. Let's talk about Once Upon a Time in Hollywood because I know we're kind of both in the minority of people who think it's a great movie because yeah. a lot of people are like it's a it's a mediocre a lot people, Tarantino. Movie. A
0: lot of people like it. Some people think it's very boring. Um, I
1: disagree in that. hundred yeah, percent. I
0: think it's one of his best movies. Yeah, me too. I, I and I'm also weird and so I, like most people, I'd consider Fiction Fictions my favorite. Uh, I yeah. my second favorite out of all his movies is Jackie Brown okay and so I, this that's movie that's one I haven't seen this actually. movie feels like the closest thing to Jackie Brown he's done in a long time which is like a very like mature movie where the characters are very insecure mm-hmm. they're not all badasses and they're not yeah. all cool they're like the character the main character of this movie is like kind of pathetic
1: <laughs> in Once Upon a Time
0: in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood yeah um,
1: is I want to pose this question do you think it's his best performance
0: Leonardo DiCaprio. Yeah.
1: Um cuz I think this year I've seen like a number of like movies that I need to catch up on like Titanic right. and Wolf of Wall Street and uh, He's great in Wolf of Wall Street. Yeah, he's great in that movie. When that
0: movie came out I actually thought that should have been the one he won for.
1: I think I agree. I think he should have, yeah, probably.
0: Yeah. But I would put that one a little bit above this one. I also I mean there's so many great movies he's yeah. just great in like The Departed and stuff like that, but uh I mean there's a lot of st- he's. It's a very comical performance compared to what he's done before. It's so
1: he's so good in
0: it. Yeah, it's, and it's it,
1: shocking. Yeah, how yeah. good he is. Also, Brad it. Pitt,
0: very good in the movie. That um,
1: might be, uh, maybe. Like between that and like Tyler Durden, I like his best performances. Yes, yeah,
0: and and it was really, it was really cool to see him playing. Like he's a very likable character. He's very himself
1: basically. (laughs) Except you know maybe not as a father. Right. (laughs) um, He's the Brad Pitt that we see. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Just like oh, he's so
0: cool. And there's so many. I mean, the movie is the close thing to like a Richard Linklater movie that he's done. It's very... That's
1: a a really good way to look
0: at it. It's because there's really not much of a plot. It's mostly a day in the life movie besides some other, besides the third act, uh, which is amazing on its own. But yeah, most of it's just what Tarantino would call a hangout movie. And it's a character study. I think it's really funny. It's yeah. a, it's movie. It's one of his most overt comedies out mm-hmm. of all of his movies. There's a lot of like Family Guy esque cutaway gags yeah. and stuff like that. But it's weird. Yeah, That's so weird. There's a lot of really great funny cameos, like uh, Al Pacino's in it, Kurt Russell's in it, Bruce
1: Stern, Bruce Stern, even though it's supposed to be um, but Reynolds. Reynolds. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. They had to. He wasn't. He passed away right before they started. Have filming. you seen
1: the James Marsden deleted? scene? Yes, James Marsden
0: played. It was very brief. Oh, okay. it was like. A fake advertisement, and then he played uh, um, Burt Reynolds, and then they also cut Walton Goggins from the movie. He had like a voiceover role, really? and then they cut Tim Roth from the movie too. Um, oh, which
1: how it, dare he! If
0: you see in the credits, there's a section called. Uh, I think it's called The Gang and it's all of like the Tarantino regulars so it's yeah. like Kurt Russell, Zoe Bell, Michael Madsen and then it says Tim Roth and then in parentheses cut cuz he wasn't <laughs> he didn't make the final cut of the movie.
1: Do you think that was just a joke? Do you think maybe or do no, you think he, that, he, apparently, oh, he
0: was actually a, cut? Apparently he actually did film okay. a scene from the movie that was cut. Yeah. Uh, which so far as of now we have not seen yet but maybe he might do he might do like a hateful eight and do like a extended mini series yeah. edition of it so um, but yeah, I, I I mean, there's so much, so many things you can take away from that movie too, and what it's saying about duality, yeah, uh, friendship, w- friendship. Um, there's obviously he's saying a lot about the changing of Hollywood and our move towards like cynicism, yeah, and how he, and he also it's his sort of ode to has been character actors and how he wishes these two. Worlds of like the hasbems and the New Hollywood just yeah. could like come together and make amends, you mm-hmm. know. I it's it's a really uh, one of his most like mature movies I think in a long yeah. time.
1: It's it's really a love letter to like a lot of his actors that he works with,
0: right? Because if you look at his career and all of the he works
1: with a lot of character actors,
0: yeah, and a lot of people who may have been a star and weren't anymore, like John Travolta, and David Carradine, a lot of these guys, and Uma so Uma Thurman, Uma Thurman, um. Uh, A lot of... And so um, the character of Rick Dalton in the movie, Leonardo DiCaprio's character, is... uh, He's basically the kind of actor that Tarantino... Resurrected careers yeah. for in his life. Uh, and so that was, I thought, it was like him at his most meta. Also, there's a lot yeah. of female bare feet in the movie, but they're like dirty bare feet. Yeah, <laughs> It felt like that was him but, commenting yeah, that on was himself. Him. That
1: was, I, yeah, I think maybe that was just for him. Maybe. <laughs> maybe it was but just for him. Yeah. I, I love how I, I just now imagine Tim Roth just watching this movie and he's like, I've been cut, but the feet are in it or something like that. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, like, do, you, do you think that the two big criticisms of, of this movie are like, the use or like lack thereof of um, of Sharon Tate and the uh, Bruce Lee stuff. Do you think that's valid? Um so there there's a couple ways Which I think I think that's kinda of crutched this movie a little. Right. It's now everyone so like yeah. So I think
0: the use of Sharon Tate I think people wouldn't talk about it as much if Margot Robbie didn't play her. Really? Uh, I think if she, I, I don't think. Oh, it have been would,
1: like just some like no-name kind of like character. Right. Actress. I think if
0: people weren't a, people wouldn't be as upset about her lack of a role in the movie if it wasn't for the fact that Margot Robbie played the role and they highly publicized the fact that she was in the movie, so mm-hmm. people had higher expectations.
1: That might be a marketing issue, right?
0: And the movie obviously super plays on your expectations of real history and what happens to Sharon Tate, so. A lot of her character building in the movie, which, in the, if the movie in a vacuum seems very strange because she gets a lot of character building that doesn't amount to anything, yeah. but also her character doesn't have much dialogue and stuff yeah. like that, so I think if it was a less famous actress, if it was somebody who we knew wasn't, who we didn't know was as talented as Margot Robbie, yeah. um, I think more people would let it slide, but... It does seem like a very strange decision. And yeah. um And but, that's one thing about the movie is like there's a lot of little strange decisions where I'm like, I know it's not lazy because Tarantino doesn't he's not that much of a lazy writer, but there's a lot of things in that movie, like when Steve McQueen delivers a lot of exposition, and you're like, I get it, because you got a guy who looks like Steve McQueen to be in the movie, and that's cool. But like, why? I, it's, oh, it's it's
1: what's his, it's uh, Damien,
0: what's his name from a band of Damien uh, Yeah, Damien uh, Something I, I know who you're talking about. Yeah, yeah he's also in uh, uh,
1: Billions. I okay, think. yeah. yeah. Um, and then the Bruce Lee thing, which yeah, I I think I don't know. I think it's I think it's complex. I just yeah. think
0: it depends. There's a lot of ways to look at because I know Tarantino is a big fan of Bruce Lee. Yeah, and obviously he's paid homage to him so many times in his other movies. I
1: think the fact that because everyone's just like you painted him as an asshole. Well. Everyone in this movie is kind of painted as an asshole douchebag, right. and it's just like yeah. just because he's real, but or like th- maybe hurts more.
0: Yeah, one thing I noticed about the movie is they intentionally portray Bruce Lee as his characters were. Yeah, so one thing about Bruce Lee is in real life, from what I understand, he didn't like the he didn't make yeah. those noises, uh-huh. a lot of those were dubbed in later. Yeah, and so I was seeing it as though that obviously the movie is like a fantasy mm-hmm. and like a farce, yeah, and so. To portray Bruce Lee as the media knows him from his characters yeah. felt very intentional. And also, you can see the scene in a way of... Uh, it's Cliff Booth's recollection of what happened. Yeah. And so, when you do see Bruce Lee outside of that sequence, he's kind of mm-hmm. like a normal, cool guy. Like when he's training Sharon Tate. Yeah. And so, I think it's... You know, it, it is like, yeah, you do have a fictional white guy beat the crap out of Bruce Lee almost. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but it's like, uh, that's part of the farcical nature yeah. of the movie. And I think to put him up against somebody who is famously one of the best martial artists of all time gives uh, gives Cliff Booth a lot of character development, yeah. you know.
1: And I, I don't think that devalues the, the Lee family... Criticism of right
0: because I know his, uh, his daughter is really had upset a lot with issues it. with it yeah.
1: and I think you know it's like you know however she wants to interpret it and it, you know that's perfectly fine or whatever yeah but that's to- I,
0: it's totally valid for her to yeah. be... I understand if you're it's sitting in it's a little it's a
1: little offensive but I don't think I don't think it was done with malice
0: right and I in mean, a way the Bruce Lee character is different from Bruce Lee as a man yeah and it, it almost it belongs to the public in a way that Bruce Lee as a man doesn't you know what yeah. I mean it's yeah it's like mickey mouse like and i understand bruce lee is a real person and yeah. he's uh, and he was a real person uh but his portrayal in the movie is obviously so overtly what he, he was fictionalized to be you mm-hmm. know so i i didn't take too much issue with it but at the same time i totally get why his family would be upset about it you know mm-hmm. it's just kind of one of those like you you get offended or you don't yeah. <laughs> either either way isn't wrong <laughs> so um, but yeah, I loved that movie. Um, mm-hmm. This was a, um, and apparently he'll have one more left. I guess. Uh, yeah. So what he's doing. I so.
1: think I don't. I think I think Tarantino. I think he's a he's a dumbass. I think, <laughs> I legitimately think he doesn't know how to market himself. I think he knows how to mark. I think he knows how to make movies. How to make the movies he wants. I don't think he knows how to, um, just like uh, be good at doing PR. I don't think yeah, it. maybe not. Because he's like, oh well, uh, uh, well Bruce Lee was actually kind of an asshole in real life. And he's like, oh, <laughs> you're kind of digging yourself into a
0: hole. Yeah, right yeah. Now. it's like just to, like, yeah, that's one thing is his ego really gets in the way oh of God. him being uh, yeah. reasonable sometimes.
1: He's he's a hard person to really sometimes to really it's really like.
0: fun. Sometimes oh, yeah. I really respect because sometimes like the it,
1: censoring thing from the early 2000s. Oh
0: yeah, when he's like, it's like when she's like, why the need for such violence? And he's like, cause it's so much fun, Jan. Get it? It's like it's. So <laughs> Such a great moment, um, yeah. yeah. But one, uh, one of my favorite movies this year to uh, pivot from that. Um, uh, you, 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 you saw Marriage Story, right? You yeah. mentioned. Yeah. Did you like Marriage Story?
1: Yeah, I, I did like it. I think actually one of the best parts of the movie was the thing that most people don't like about the movie, which is the score. Oh I yeah. love the score because well, I'm a big I'm a big Randy Newman fan. I really like. I'm a big Pixar fan, and so it was like. All right. I think it's such an interesting, like, kind of dichotomy to have, like, this really kind of just tearing apart of a marriage mixed with, like, the score of, like, a Pixar movie. Right, yeah. And it's, like, so unique. And it's, like, I think it's so, it's it's purposeful, which I think, because, you know, no Bang Baumbach is a big enough filmmaker that he could have gotten most, a lot, a number of people to do the score. But I think it was very intentional yeah. to get Randy Newman to do it.
0: Um and that just one of the best screenplays of the year i thought it's, Easily. I'm, I'm a big i'm a noah bombback fan and i think it might be hit my favorite movie of his okay. so far
1: i liked my er, story yeah my yeah.
0: stories is really great too um, yeah. doctor sleep came out this year which was Wait, a big it, surprise yeah
1: I, I did you read the did you read that book i know you've read the shining have you read doctor sleep itself
0: i i read doctor okay. sleep when it came out so i okay. haven't read it since then i i, I know a lot of the changes they made that they had to make because it's a sequel to the Kubrick yeah. movie.
1: Mike um, Flanagan really just it's so awful that this movie like tanked. I think you can yeah. say it tanked. Yeah. Because I think he's pro- I he's probably one of the best horror directors out there. Yeah, like I, mainstream I horror I like I I haven't
0: seen Hill House yet, which I know is like his yeah. magnum opus. Yeah. Um, but loved Gerald's game. Uh really liked Hush. Oculus. Oculus I liked. I was the one person standing Oculus when it came out. I was <laughs> mm-hmm. like telling all my friends and they're like, "Oh, shut up. That movie sucks." And I was like, "No, guys, it was great." So, yeah, I'll see I'll see um uh uh, haunting of Hill House eventually, and I'll pretty much see any other movie he makes. But yeah, mm-hmm. Ewan McGregor was great in that movie. The girl was really
1: incredible. That's yeah, a, the, that's a
0: hard role to. Yeah, to she do. was good. I mean, the movie de- obviously has flaws, and to try to compare it to Kubrick is silly. You know, to <laughs> the, like,
1: to compare it is, but I think it's a great companion.
0: It is a great companion, and you do feel it feels. It feels like it's the same universe to yeah. me. Like I feel like I'm watching a sequel.
1: He was given the hardest task in the world, which yeah. was to expand like to tell King's story, but he's he's this crutch of the Kubrick movie yeah. to relate to that.
0: Yeah. There's and, a lot of great weird dreamy imagery too. And and the way they use fan service. I think is really clever and it's very earned because yeah. you sit through almost two hours of original story and you get invested in the story and then when all the fan service comes in, it feels like you've earned it. Yeah. By the time you get to the Overlook, you're like, oh yeah, it's it's time for this, and I've already I'm already invested in what's happening. Yeah. It wasn't like Rogue One or something where yeah. the it whole made, movie is yeah. just. It made
1: fan a service. hunt, and I think the big shocking moment was obviously in the in the bar.
0: Yeah. Which yeah.
1: like, you know. It, that didn't, of course, it didn't happen in the book because you know the Overlook was, it didn't exist right. in the book, but that was great. That moment was like, if we're gonna go, if like since we're in the Shining thing and yeah. since the Overlook is still there, that's the perfect moment. Yeah, it's really one of the best. It's one of the best scenes of the year. I like. I right. really like it. And It's like so, as you said, it's earned. Really.
0: Right, and there were a lot of moments in that where that scene included where they developed Jack Torrance as a character in ways that yeah. I hadn't that he hadn't been developed in the original movie like there's a scene in AA when he talks about how jack torrance had tr- his dad had tried to go to aa before mm-hmm. and it makes you recontextualize the shining a little bit and you see jack is yeah. a guy who maybe did try to make efforts to be better which because in the movie in the, in in the, the book, book he did in the book it's a lot more clear in the book he's a good man who goes insane well good a good yeah. g- good is a man who's at least he trying, trying to be yeah and then in a the shining it seems like he might kind of be insane horrible
1: person the beginning the of the movie. movie yeah
0: yeah um so I thought that was it did a really yeah it did a great job as a fan of Stephen King and of Stanley Kubrick the
1: way that they uh, married those two things I thought was Mm -hmm. really clever Ewan is just he's one of those actors that just is like he's popping up in these things and he's always great in them and it's just you know everyone's just like are you Obi-Wan now? And he's like, I'm doing I'm doing all this other stuff. So are you
0: going to play Obi-Wan again? It's like, I've, I've had an entire career since then. Yeah,
1: like a bunch yeah. of great movies. Yeah, but yeah. Yeah, I guess I'll do Obi-Wan. But now
0: he's doing Obi-Wan again, so.
1: Which should uh, be cool, I yeah, think. I'm looking forward
0: yeah. to that. You know, it should be fun. Um, how, how
1: many, how many, do you want to talk, is there anything you want to talk about before um, we get to, I have So like,
0: a couple underrated movies, I saw Paddleton on Netflix, I, I thought no, that was I very that. good. Du, um,
1: Rocketman. Duplass. Rocketman was okay. I, I, I really dug it, and I yeah. I legitimately I think it's I know it's not the most popular their opinion, but I legit, I think that Taron Egerton gave the best performance of the year.
0: Okay, I, I liked him a lot. He yeah. was
1: incredible. I thought he was incredible in the movie, and he was really great. And he bodied it really well. And I think he's an incredible singer, and just really brought Elton John to life without you know over glamorizing him too much. Sure, yeah. And but what I really think puts him over the edge is that. If you listen to the soundtrack of the movie, he does, like, full covers yes. of yeah. all the songs. Yeah. Like, because in the movie, it's, like, you know, maybe a minute of a song. Soundtrack has everything. Like, yeah. he does, like, 20-something full covers of the song. And I just think it's so sad that Rami Malik won last year, and that's going that's <laughs> crutch that's this well, year. Well, and that's the
0: thing is, uh, I enjoyed Rocket Man. I, the stuff I enjoyed about it was what it did differently. I liked that it was a musical and not mm-hmm. just a... Basic biopic. biopic. Yeah. The only thing is, like, outside of it being music, a musical, it is kind of a basic biopic.
1: Yeah.
0: Um. And I, I've had this problem for a long time where I think we need to throw out the biopic structure that we've been using. Yeah. That was the biggest problem. My favorite review of Bohemian Rhapsody was like, I can't believe they took Walk Hard: The Dewey Cox Story and threw out all the jokes. So that, like, wait,
1: did they actually did that come out in the tens? Because I need to. Because if it did, I want to talk about Walk it. Dewey Cox. Yeah,
0: great film. Um. But yeah, uh, there's that. There was. Uh, I really enjoyed Crawl this year. Uh, this summer, it was like the, the perfect yeah. summer action like thriller to happen. It was a little. Campy, uh, yeah. but I enjoyed it.
1: Jojo Rabbit.
0: Jojo Rabbit was great.
1: One of the best movies of the year. Yeah, I legitimately think
0: uh, the
1: best like straightforward comedy of the year. Yeah, but then yeah. it's like almost, and then it's not a comedy.
0: And then it's it's a comedy until it isn't, yeah. <laughs> and then it's a comedy again. That, like,
1: I think I love that scene yeah. where it's not a comedy anymore. Yes,
0: uh, and it's 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 very built up perfectly. Yeah, yeah. Um, great movie. Incredible smart.
1: performance, really. Yes.
0: Yeah. Um, Booksmart I really liked it was a great comedy I had year, problems
1: I with Booksmart just because I saw it the day before I graduated like I saw oh. it like the, the opening night which was the night before I graduated okay. or um, the last day of my high school and so it was like I was living that like I was sure, like yeah. I was having my last day of high school Yeah. and I was like I don't really like when I don't know I just was like this doesn't represent what I went through at all I I don't really like the stereotypes that it really kind of portrayed I thought the two of them were really good I was just like Mm -hmm. this is just a very weird look at the exact same experience that I had but just like not at all like it's like what we kind (laughs) of joke about like it felt like a boomer was writing it a little at parts right but it's like Olivia Wilde even though like I mean she's older like she's definitely she's she's
0: like 30 some right
1: she's in like oh like probably mid 30s late 30s or whatever yeah But it was just like, I don't know. I think they needed a a very like a younger filmmaker to make that movie. And it would have felt
0: maybe. I mean, I I thought it was very in touch with how we talk and act.
1: Yeah, Um, I I can understand that. But like a lot of the stereotypes, like parties and like theater kids and like a lot of that was pretty crazy. The stereotypes
0: were very the theater kids especially were very extreme. But at the same time I did theater in high school and I have met those stereotypes. Like they're okay. stereotypes, but they do exist. Okay. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, it's they're it's definitely right a farce a bit. Okay. And it, it was basically like a female super bad in a way. I thought.
1: Uh, yeah, I get that.
0: Um. Mm. But yeah, I mean, as far as movies this year. Oh, and
1: that well. Oh, well, that was actually I actually looking back, that was actually a really good um, representation of LGBT community because it wasn't a big like. Her thing wasn't coming out. It was just you know,
0: she was already trying out. to talk to someone. Right, exactly. It was a very normal experience yeah. that anybody of any sexuality understands.
1: Exactly. Right. And I thought like, wow, like this is like one of like the first movies where it's like, oh, it's like not that she's gay. She's just very nervous about talking to the person that she likes. And right. i was like, that's like that's the future. Like that's what we're gonna. That's like that's gonna be like the teen comedy. Was...
0: Yeah. Uh, before we move on to the decade. Okay. Um, I also want to mention a movie that I saw very early this year. It was. Uh, I, I think March or April, I saw this, it came out. Uh, Dragged Across Concrete, which is written and directed by S. Craig Zoller, uh, a filmmaker who did a movie called Bone Tomahawk that I loved, mm-hmm. a horror western with Kurt Russell. Okay. And then he did the movie Brawl and Cell Block 99. This, oh, oh, this one
1: is a Vince Vaughn, too, right? Yes, this okay.
0: movie has uh, Mel Gibson and Vince Vaughn <laughs> as, as two cops who get suspended. And because of their suspension, they decide to rob bank robbers. And then it also stars Tori Kittles as one of the bank robbers. And and you kind of follow their separate stories until they convene. And uh, it's a long movie. It's a, about two hours and 40 minutes. <laughs> it's, uh, it plays out like a book. And S. Craig Zoller, I know, is also an author. So it's uh-huh. very pulpy. Very Everyone has a very like hard-nosed way of talking that's almost to a point of self-parody. Don Johnson is their police captain, and they have a scene with him that's so like on the nose of like old boomer guys complaining (laughs) about society now. But I think if you take the movie at face value, it may seem like it's like some, I don't know, like some purposefully anti PC movie. But. After watching it, I think I get more of... I've watched it twice now, and I get more of what the movie was really going for, and it's one of my favorite movies of the year now. It's Mm -hmm. very intentional in that the two cops really aren't the good guys of the story. Mm -hmm. It's played out at first to where you think they are, but then as the movie progresses, you're like, oh, they're kind of not. And... um, Great uh, performances from everyone all around too. I mean, obviously, you know, it's it's your choice on whether or not you choose to see a Mel Gibson movie today. Yeah. But he gave a great performance uh, as a as an uh, gruff old unpc cop. <laughs> uh, and and Vince Vaughn and Tori Kittles and everybody was really good in the movie too.
1: Well, so. Mel Gibson might not have been acting.
0: I <laughs> That's what. Yeah, that was the yeah. joke. Yeah. Oh yeah. really? It's, I was. Yeah. Like, there's a couple parts where he's a little racist. <laughs> but um, it's. I mean. it... Honestly, I'm very surprised he took the role, too. You'd think you'd want to avoid controversy. Yeah. But uh, it was, uh, yeah, I mean, if you're willing to kind of undertake that kind of movie, I thought it was uh, uh, great and one of the most underrated movies this year. You wanted to talk about The Irishman also. Uh, yeah,
1: um, I'm not the biggest fan of it. Yeah? Yeah, and I've s- I have really love Goodfellas, yeah. and I was kind of mixed on The Departed. And it... Yeah, I don't know. What I know you really love it. I know you I really, really love, it, love it. Yeah, I, I think I need to the watch theaters. it again. Yeah. I think I need to watch it again. I saw it at, like... I saw it at, like, 8 o'clock, so it wasn't the sure. worst, but it was, like, the worst time, but it just, like... Yeah. I think there's, there's, a, there's a thing where it's, like, every critic that loved it, they're like, yeah, it could have been 30 minutes or shorter, but it doesn't matter. Right. It's, like... That... You you just said it. You just said it could have been... It could have been shorter.
0: Yeah. I, I saw it in... I saw it in theaters, and then I saw it on Netflix after it came out on I, Yeah,
1: I might need to watch it a second time.
0: Yeah. And it definitely was better in theaters, I thought. Like, I... I, I maybe just because I was just into it more, and I was... And even though I know what it's building to, it's one of those movies that hinges on the fact that you know what the ending's gonna be, kind of.
1: Yeah.
0: There's a lot of things I really appreciated about it. I thought... Um, Uh, Scorsese, I really like the way the movie is shot to where the, the scenes that are kind of modern day are shot mm-hmm. like a modern movie. There's a lot of handheld, yeah. the colors are a lot more washed out. Okay. Uh, and then the stuff set in the past is shot like an old movie. Yeah. And, um, yeah, that's, yeah,
1: that's cool.
0: And the way that it's very, it felt like, like the unforgiven of mobster movies or specifically, uh, Martin Scorsese movies. Cause the first two thirds is very much a Goodfellas, the the ca- casino yeah. kind of movie. And it intentionally is very, um, it's very, uh, uh, what's the word, um, uh, self-reflexive on that yeah. genre. Okay. And you know, it's like, oh, turns out it's not that great being a gangster. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I really liked, I really liked that, and I thought it was very intentional the way that. Because the way the reason they use the de aging rather than using younger actors, I think it's very intentional that everyone's an old actor because yeah. they're kind of commenting on the careers of these actors too, mm-hmm. in a way. And I thought Pacino is a great actor. Obviously, he's one of my favorite actors. I think he's underrated as a comedic performer, yeah, and he's also he's very good in that. Movie. And he's very funny, like intentionally yeah. funny in the movie too. And you know, Pesci, they pulled him out of the woodwork. Yeah. Uh, and it was a different kind of role for him too. He was a lot more subdued, and I, I enjoyed that too. Maybe
1: not. Maybe not intention. Maybe he's just so old. Maybe he's like, just tired. <laughs> just I everyone's mean, like, "Wow!" The just subtleties of his performance on set. He's like,
0: <sighs> just like trying to breathe. I thought there were. I did think there <laughs> were subtleties, though. I, yeah, I No. I no. Legitimately no okay. did. Yeah. Um, I then, think the
1: standout though is Rob De He's incredible yeah. in that movie. Yeah, I think. and he
0: also like, very subtle performance yeah. too. He's there's so much internal conflict that like he never like the stuttering talks about. that he does. Yeah, the stammer and the way that comes back in the end, I thought yeah. was just
1: great. I um, I personally think the de-aging looks horrible. Really? I do not like it. I okay. think it just looks very weird and I don't know. I thought it did in a the,
0: because there's some very early scenes
1: where because there's Because how old is how old is the youngest him like 20s? Yeah, 30.
0: When he's the very young like when you That's see him in, in the military. That was a little distracting, but it's very brief. Yeah. I thought the reason more that like was more... like when he
1: first gets like those jobs with like the trucks and stuff like that.
0: Yeah. That was a little distracting because there was actually some like reshaping to De Niro's face. Yeah. Things. The majority of the de-aging I thought was very good compared to what we've seen from like Marvel and stuff. And I know it's it's because of a difference in the technology. So Marvel will like try to digitally recreate Michael Douglas's face from the 80s. Yeah. And they put it over his face. Whereas in The Irishman, ILM just used CG to remove wrinkles and stuff. Yeah. So you're still seeing De Niro's face, his real face. Yeah. And it's not De Niro as he looked in the 80s. It's more like De Niro, it's this guy now, but younger, kind of. Yeah, okay. Which I thought looked much better, but also... I don't know. Maybe I've have worse eyes. Yeah. <laughs> I <think> <laughs> but,
1: <laughs> I well, that was the big thing—the eyes. I did not like the eyes. I thought they were very distracting. Took. Me I didn't a even notice the eyes. Of, the blue honest. eyes. No. That yeah. That was just for me. It was like that's distracting. Like, huh? and I thought it was gonna be like, oh, he's Tommy Blue Eyes or something mm-hmm. like that. It was, never, it was. It was probably just a. I didn't choice, even know there were fake know.
0: blue eyes. That's. Oh really? <laughs> yeah. That's. Pretty oh bad. yeah. I didn't notice. Okay.
1: But um, well, I mean, to talk about the de aging thing, I still, I still really think that. Like, the first big thing that we saw was Robert Downey Jr. in Civil War. Mm-hmm. That was great. I legitimately think that's a really good effect.
0: It was pretty good. Um, Michael Douglas in Ant-Man I thought was bad. Yeah.
1: Oh, okay. Yeah, uh, also in makes Endgame. Sense. It yep. um, makes sense. He was kind of bad. Yep.
0: Makes sense. Samuel Jackson was okay in Captain Marvel.
1: Yeah, was, that was actually pretty good. Yeah. He,
0: yeah. It's only... Same thing in The Irishman. You only notice he's old when sometimes his body has to do certain <laughs> things. And you're like, oh. Yeah. Like when De Niro beats up that guy in the street, you're like, oh, that yeah, that's a 70-something year old man. Yep. Um,
1: right. And so, okay, before we go into the tens, just really quick. Yeah. Just watch Knives Out. Go see Out. Go see, Nose right. out. Yes. <laughs> go see Knives 20, Out. You I've, I've, Knives I've out.
0: said this before. 2019 will be the year remembered as when Ryan Johnson got the last laugh because Knives Out was a huge Her, hit yeah. critically and everything. Rise of Skywalker, not as much. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah that was. That I also, was, was
1: kind of. The Red Redditor media—they made the perfect video on that. They it covered was, it pretty well, yeah. It, it was yeah. No. And I, I've, I've got a new—I've vi- got a video
0: coming soon of or a video. I have a podcast coming soon where I think we'll talk about all things Star Wars just so I can get it over with. Yeah. And I'll talk about all my complete opinions about all these movies, uh, but and I, Mandalorian or no? And Mandalorian, yeah. Okay. And I have I have some mixed feelings on Rise of Skywalker. Uh, but um, yeah, yeah. Knives Out was great. I've always been a Ryan Johnson fan. Yeah. And um, I yeah. Yeah, that, that's a wonderful movie. Our, I know you didn't love it, but I love Dolomite is my name.
1: Um, I just need to... I, I've, been, I've been meaning to give it a second maybe, Yeah, maybe you need to give it a second I, chance. Well, I just kind of got bored, but I think I want to give it a second chance. It's not a super well-directed
0: movie. It's a very standard... That might have been what was
1: really taking me That's out. one problem.
0: It's a very standard-looking movie, and uh, I think if... Th- there's a couple moments in it where I really liked uh some things he does with the camera I really stuff.
1: would have loved if he directed it if Eddie Murphy directed
0: yeah, it Yeah, I don't know if he's directed before. I don't but, think so, but, but I, I loved think oh, that Eddie would Murphy. Have made it. I thought it was like his comeback performance. I thought yeah. he was amazing. Uh the script was very good too. I really liked a lot of the dialogue mm-hmm. and the way he, Also, I'm familiar a lot with Rudy Ray Moore and his that career. Prob- and yeah, that
1: probably definitely that. But, yeah, yeah. I th- I don't think I was in the right mood to watch Wesley that, Snipes,
0: so. too. All you probably didn't even get to his part. In
1: the I movie. think I barely got to his okay. part. I yeah. Think, yeah, he's
0: very fun. Uh, do you want to move on to the 2010s? Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, it's the end of a decade. Um, and all in all, there was a lot. I was looking back on the decade, and there's stuff that came out this decade that I think a lot of them are going to be classics in the long run. Yeah.
1: No, um, I I agree. Yeah, Moonlight. That was one that sticks yes. out.
0: Yeah. Uh, did you, so you had some specific topics about yeah, the decade, right? yeah, yeah. Right?
1: Um, and I, okay, so I know that, like, you're, like, a really big, I mean, you're obviously a very big comic guy. Yeah. So, I, one of the questions that I wrote down was, like, what do you think are going to be, like, the comedy, like, like, comedy or the comedies of the decade? Like, yeah. we look at the 80s and we think, like, Ghostbusters and Ferris Bueller, like, those are, like, the comedies of that era. Right. You have like '90s. You have like Clueless and Truman Show. You got right. O's. You got Anchorman Super Bad. Like, what do you think the tens? Like, people are gonna look back and be like, these were the comedies of the tens.
0: Yeah. So I wrote down some. Um, I think some of the uh, so Twenty One Jump Street I think is one. Okay. We'll yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah. Talk about for a long time. Um, a lot of stuff like from like the Seth Rogen crew. Like uh, this is the end. Is the end maybe? I wrote down um i also thought uh what is it oh i mean i don't know if they're quite the same they, they might be a little higher up they might be a little more ele- elevated than your regular comedy but i think pretty much all of edgar wright's movies are going to be
1: okay yeah no, that's, in the yeah, no, that's i think
0: scott pilgrim for sure yeah uh, baby driver to a certain that's extent that's probably my
1: favorite movie of the decade
0: baby driver Oh, Scott! Oh, Scott Pilgrim! Oh, Scott Pilgrim. Yeah. oh, yeah, yeah, definitely one of my favorites of the decade. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, did a podcast on Scott Pilgrim of quite a few episodes ago. Uh, it was great. Um, but um, yeah, no, I think those are. Yeah. There's a couple of. The, oh, I also wrote down the other guys with uh, Will Ferrell and Mark Wahlberg. <laughs> I still people. Maybe it's just people my age, but people still quote that yeah. movie like it's oh, a no, classic yeah. movie. Yeah. Did you have name uh, well, you know, I
1: think it's just. I think it's hard to look. I think it's hard to yeah. do this because it's like we're obviously fresh off of them and so it's hard to think about that um well i wrote this as also i wrote this down and i because i also want to talk about it as like what movies will be like a cult classic in the future yes i really like pop star I think pop, pop star, star never stop, never stop it. Yep. I yep. think that'll be looked back as like, wow, like how do people not love that movie? Right, yeah. It's like so quotable, it's got such great songs, it's got great perform. it's got great performances. Like Remind it's like, me a bit
0: of Anchorman with all the cameos. Yeah, and stuff. it's just like
1: <laughs> it was a hit that didn't happen. Yeah. It was like everything went right for them, but yeah. no one's alive.
0: Yeah. Uh, it, well, and that's kind of the de- I love... I tend to love cult classics. Like, yeah. cult movies are what I'm just drawn to more as a person. And it's it's hard... Nobody sets out to make a cult movie, because yeah. a cult movie just means it doesn't do well, and then people like it more in retrospect,
1: yeah. right? But, I mean, there are people that try to make cult movies that, yeah. like... No. They,
0: they try to c- capture, like, a John Carpenter movie. To like, or like or a something.
1: Sharknado or something oh, like yeah, that. It's something
0: like just crap that's Garbage totally uninspired. Yeah. Um, uh, so, Blade Runner 2049, I think, is... I mean, that was a movie that kind of bombed at the box office, and I don't think they even expected it to do well, uh, because Blade Runner itself was also a cult movie, kind of, too. And, uh, I mean, that's a movie that pretty much everyone who's seen it loves, and I think that'll go down in history. That's like
1: probably the biggest movie from the tens that I missed. Oh, I, yeah, really, I really like Blade yeah. Runner so yeah. I don't even know yeah. when oh, I you have seen it oh you love
0: 2049 then I thought it was even like I kind of like it more than the original Blade Runner which I know might be blasphemy
1: but and I know <laughs> it's so crazy I'm just like it's so crazy that like that movie bombs and then they're like hey you want to do another big movie <laughs> <laughs> right <laughs> doing Dune... new. Uh, I
0: can't wait for Dune. Dune's—I yeah. cause think that's gonna be great. Um, I wrote down uh, The Nice Guys uh, by Shane Black. I wrote that. Down, yeah, I wrote down that. Nobody saw that movie. It's a great movie. It's so good. It's uh, so clever. So like, uh, it's got great characters. It's not just a funny comedy, but the characters are very well defined and w- uh, well acted by uh, Russell Crowe and Ryan Gosling, who are like actual actors. <laughs> and uh, Shane Black's script is just—it's just one of his best mm-hmm. too. I think. I wrote
1: down Logan Lucky.
0: I never saw that one. That's a Soderbergh one, it's,
1: right? It's, it's... Someone called it Ocean 7 <laughs> Because it's about a bunch of, like, kind of... Like, Redneck hits. hicks. Yeah. Going... Like, robbing a NASCAR thing. And it's legitimately one of the best comedies of the decade.
0: Um, I, I also... I wrote down Under the Skin. Did you ever see Under the Skin with Scarlett Johansson? I haven't seen that, no. That was... I think that'll be studied in film classes for a long time. Um Yeah. That's a very I like mean that it's, and
1: the Master probably, like are yes, the big ones. Oh the Masters, being.
0: yeah. One of Paul Thomas Anderson's best movies, I think, The Master. Um but yeah, I, that one um is not a movie that mainstream people know. Uh, but I think it's one of Scarlett Johansson's best performances. It's uh, it's just very um uh, strange. It's yeah. not your typical movie. There's parts of it that are kind of a documentary, and um, I recommend it yeah, I when I heard, talk yeah, to everyone I talked to. Yeah, I heard about that. But, yeah. Yeah.
1: Um, are we still talking about cult movies right now?
0: Yeah. Did you have more?
1: Yeah. Um, I wrote down Chronicle. Okay. Yeah. Because I agree. that movie. I think it did well because it was yeah. like a low budget movie. It did pretty well. That's think... how
0: Josh Trank got Exactly. Fantastic Four. But the
1: thing is I think it's been tainted by I think, Fantastic Four.
0: Fantastic Four and the fact that he got fired from Star Wars too.
1: Yep, um, from Boba Fett. Yeah. Which would have been crazy. But yeah, I think Chronicle I think since I think the twenty tens are really about superheroes, but I think the twenties are gonna they're gonna try and make it more like have a lot of superhero stuff. And I think yeah. that movie's just gonna be looked back as like, wow, that was like like that and, like, it's going to be looked back like Unbreakable, I think.
0: Oh, yeah, probably. It's, like, a
1: great movie that, like, really kind of was talking about the superhero genre and tried to do it in a different way.
0: Right. I, I mean, I, well, the number one thing will be remembered for the tooth of 2010s is probably superhero movies. Because Iron Man came out in 2008. Yeah. And then the mo- so the majority of the MCU was this decade. Yeah. And people talk about that. Logan, I think, will be a classic, too. Yeah. I think,
1: I think if, if film classes have to talk about superhero movies, they're going to talk about that.
0: Yeah, because of its sort of, uh, another sort of reflexive take on the superhero Mm -hmm. genre. Um,
1: And it's like setting up lore without showing anything.
0: Yes. Uh, Speaking of which, um, another movie that I think might be kind of a cult classic is Edge of Tomorrow with Tom Cruise. Um, Yeah,
1: okay, yeah. That was
0: a movie that I... Bombed. uh, Yeah, and I I saw it in theaters and I loved it. And it's totally like a, it's a very uh, silly genre movie, but just everybody's so committed in that movie uh, and it's so well done and it looks great and it's
1: exciting it's funny uh, and yeah nobody saw it. It's an incredible (laughs) movie I really do love that one and then um, talk about, so you want to are, do you have any more cult classics? I don't have any more cult classics. Um, oh, you know.
0: yeah. Just my favorite movie of last year. Well, two more. Uh, Inside Llewyn Davis by the Coen brothers. I that it was,
1: is, that's having a resurgence. Kinda. Yeah, I yeah. thought it
0: was one of their best movies. And, yeah, now people are kind of starting to talk about it yeah. more. And then also, uh, this was my favorite movie of last year, Sorry to Bother You, I think. <laughs> because yep. that, that has okay. cult movie written all over it that. it's so weird it's so good
1: to, I forgot about that like yeah. kind of being in there
0: so what was the next topic Um, you... like
1: move like movies that won't be called classics but are going to kind of be forgotten by time like movies yeah. that like let's, I let's talk Boys. about them now but like yeah.
0: you know Um. well I think a lot of like a lot of the Oscary movies nobody will remember like mm-hmm. you mentioned Darkest Hour
1: yeah uh, but like movies that we want people to like sure think yeah. of like movies that like I wrote down...
0: Uh, so, a couple movies that I love. Uh, the Grey with Liam Neeson. Oh. is a movie chance. that I really love, and people have already forgotten about it. Uh, partially because I think it was mismarketed. I
1: know I know the poster, but yes. I don't know. It was
0: also the trailer spoils the ending to the movie, and it oh, mismarkets no. the movie. And uh, it was also dumped in January <laughs> of that year. But that's a... I, It's like almost, it's not one of my favorite movies. It's, I don't know what the definition of that is, but I thought it was a great movie. And it's one of Liam Neeson's best performances, too. And uh, speaking of him, also a movie he did called A Walk Among the Tombstones, which I really liked. People uh, have also already forgotten about. And I don't think that'll be a cult classic because I don't think anybody will go back to remember it.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Um, I wrote down one that just like, one that like I, that is going to be forgotten and that people didn't like was Tomorrowland, directed by Brad Bird. Yeah. I really loved it. I really got something out of it, and I really dug it and just tanked. No one really liked it. And it's like, whoa, I really liked
0: it. That's a movie where, I don't know if I love Tomorrowland, but I was super interested in it. Like, the whole time, and especially knowing that Brad Bird was at a point in his career where he could kind of choose what he wanted to do. Yeah. And he chose Tomorrowland. And there were a lot of interesting things about that movie where I was like, I... I will totally take this over, you know, most cash grab big blockbuster movies Mm -hmm. that would come out. And
1: it wasn't trying to be like nostalgia baiting, like, oh, look at all these Disney things. It's like, yeah, they use the name Tomorrowland, but it's like they're not making so many different Disney references. They they like, it's a small world. Yeah. And then that's like kind of it.
0: There was a movie, an Israeli uh, film called Big Bad Wolves that I really loved that I saw, I think it was 2014, and I saw it because. Specifically, it was Tarantino's favorite movie of that year. And oh. I watched it, and I fell in love with that movie. And uh, not a single person has talking about it, nor will they ever talk about it. <laughs> um, but, yeah, that, that one's on my list, too. Um, I heard
1: Steve Jobs down.
0: Steve Jobs is great. The Michael
1: Fassbender one. Yeah. I truly think it's a
0: great Aaron movie. Aaron Sorkin that... script, right? Yeah. So, um...
1: Um, have you ever seen Tickled?
0: Oh, the documentary. Yep. Yeah. That's an amazing documentary. It's an
1: incredible movie. It's probably yeah. my favorite documentary. I just think... Like, I know, like, everyone was like, th- last year was actually like a really popular year for
0: documentaries because yeah. they were doing really there good was, numbers. There was My office, Neighbor, there three was Three Identical Strangers, Fahrenheit 11.9, RB, the RBG, like, and they were breaking
1: like box office records for documentaries. And, like, you know, there was kind of that resurgence. And I was like, when that was happening, I was like, You guys seen Tickled? Right. It's such a good movie.
0: Yeah, no, Tickled's great. This one, this isn't even something I love. But I was like, nobody's going to remember. I don't think people even remember now that the Hobbit movies came out. Like, <laughs> do you think yeah. those would be the hugest movies in the world? Yeah. And they weren't good. People That'd aren't be. even, like, strongly opinionated on them. It's not like the There's, prequels. I've
1: seen some, like, Lindsay Ellis, I think, made a couple of oh, really videos on this. Okay.
0: Because so... it's like now, because people rage against the Star Wars prequels and stuff like yeah. that. And I, I don't think The Hobbit's as bad no. as the Star Wars prequels. Oh, no, no, no. no. But no. they're. Most people are just kind of indifferent on those movies that I met. Yeah. They don't love them or hate them. They're just like, yeah, they happened. And we kind of forgot that they happened. And they they were... You'd think
1: they'd be huge, you know? And they were meh. They were like... Yeah. kind. They, like, made their money, but they were like... Eh. Right,
0: yeah. And there's there's bad movies that are still huge. Like, the Transformers franchise is yeah. still huge, right? But
1: then, but. I think, what, last night did half of what? Oh, did it Age really? Of yeah. Yep. And then... Bumblebee did even worse than that, but yeah, one that I want to mention that I don't think anyone even remembers, even people that saw it in theaters don't even remember it is Eddie the Eagle with Your Tent and Hugh Jack. That was a fun movie. It's yeah, a really good movie. I watched that
0: on a plane, but I, I like that a lot. It's a great
1: plane movie. Yeah,
0: yeah. Um, um, I think uh, a lot of Wes Anderson. Well, sorry, sorry. Um, we're we're talking about stuff that will be forgotten. I was looking at earlier on my list. Oh. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, but I. Uh, yeah, I, I have a lot of um, Oscar-y movies that I really liked, like Foxcatcher and the Imitation Florida Game. Project. Florida Project was amazing. I yeah, love that movie. movie. Yeah, truly great movie. I, a lot I of actually those went.
1: Are. I when I was in Florida last time, we were going to Disney World, and that was right. And we went to that hotel, and it was exactly how it looked like the yeah. that motel. Um,
0: one movie I love that may, might become a cult classic, but might be forgotten is Dread. Uh,
1: oh, Carl uh, Urban. Carl Urban, yeah. Yeah, that's kind of picking up on a little steam of yeah. people realizing that it's a really good movie. It's very
0: Ver- Verhoeven-esque. It reminded me of like RoboCop, not mm-hmm. just because it's about a main character who only you see their mouth, but like I thought it was a very clever, like satirical, uh, intentionally campy action movie. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I I, I like, like Dread a lot. Did mm-hmm. you have more for that you think will be forgotten? Mm-hmm. I was going to talk about just in general uh, the stuff that. People will, like, love um, that will just be, like, classics. Okay, yeah. So uh, I think uh, most Wes Anderson movies still, yeah. Moonrise Kingdom, I, um, Grand Budapest especially. A lot of people say that's their favorite movie of
1: his no. Let's I'm trying to think of this. So this decade, we. I think we had three. We had Moonrise, Grand Budapest, and Isle of Dogs.
0: Isle of Dogs, yep. All oh, great movies. All great movies, yeah. Um, Sp- Spider-Verse.
1: I know it was recent, but I think that's going to be a classic I for think... a long time that might well okay because there's the sequel but I think if there wasn't like a sequel that's almost a cult movie because it did okay at the box office but everyone loves it it. everyone so many people I meet think
0: into the Spider-Verse is the best Spider-Man movie and I'm kind of inclined to
1: agree (laughs) it's maybe the best animated movie of the decade
0: yeah possibly you could argue yeah Um, Get Out I think will definitely be a classic Mm -hmm. Uh, Mad Max Fury Road I think will be like an action classic the prob okay John Wick, also. I have, like, a True. lot of action I think Mad here.
1: Max's thing, I don't... Th- like, okay. It might have just been me, but I think... <laughs> I really like that movie. Yeah. I think that you lose something if you didn't see it in theaters. I didn't yeah. see it in theaters, and I felt True. like I lost right. a big portion of that. And So I don't think, like, it can grow too much, because everyone's like, yeah, it's a good movie. Right. But I don't think, like, all the people that did see it in theaters that are like, it's incredible, it's like... Yeah. They remembered like that experience and it's just like that really helps them that really helps them to love it
0: yeah yeah I saw it in theater so that helps but it's one of those movies like if you don't see it on a big screen with like surround sound or something you're definitely missing out you're missing half the movie (laughs) yeah (laughs) kind of um the Social Network you mentioned, mm-hmm. I think that'll be a classic. That's 2010, so that's the beginning of the decade. Uh, Kingsman, I think, uh, the first one.
1: It, do you think it'll be tainted? Do you think it's tainted by the second one?
0: Not yet, but maybe eventually.
1: This, <laughs> this Kingsman movie right. that's oh, coming the,
0: out? Yeah, the prequel that's coming out. I don't know what to think I of I think
1: that. it looks okay. It looks okay. Like I think it'll probably be I good, but it's going to bomb.
0: I didn't really like Golden Circle very much, yeah, so no. um, we'll see how the sequels... Pan out. But
1: I still think the first movie is good enough to yeah. stand on its own it as a really great movie. Yeah.
0: yeah. Um, Wolf of Wall Street, I wrote down too. Mm-hmm. Um, kick
1: Ass. <laughs> I wanted to write that down too, just this a movie kind of people forgot. Yeah. It's just, it's a great movie. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah you're right. Um... The Guest is a cult movie that i am forgotten. Oh, with Dan this. Stevens. Dan Stevens, yep. uh, directed by Adam Wingard, who's going to be directing Col- <laughs> Godzilla vs. Kong soon, which oh, is like no. I said, that's what they do. They take you off the, the indie movies. He did, uh, he did The Guest, and he also did um, VHS.
1: He right?
0: did part of VHS. Okay. He did one of the bits in that. He also did uh, Your Next. A lot of like yeah. low budget, weird horror, movies. cult horror movies, and then. Now he's getting Godzilla versus Kong, Ooh. so we'll see how that works. I mean, yeah, we'll see how wait, that goes. Who
1: had the last one? Who had the... Michael
0: Doherty did God, Godzilla yeah. King of Monsters. Yeah, after
1: Crampus. Well,
0: after it makes
1: more sense because he went treat from and Trick or Treat, which is low budget.
0: Crampus, which is high budget. Medium
1: budget, budget and yeah. this one's high budget. Yeah. Okay, it made sense. That, that
0: was actually. a more natural progression. Yeah, <laughs> yeah progression. Um... Oh, The Babadook, I think, is going to be a classic yeah. for a long time. That director, like I mentioned, just had a movie this year, which I didn't see. Hobbs
1: and Shaw, yeah. <laughs> Hobbs and Shaw, yeah, yeah. No,
0: uh, The Nightingale. I did not see Yeah, yet. I need to see that, yeah. That looks great. Um, it follows, I think, in terms of horror oh, yeah. also. Uh, people are already kind of talking about that, like it's a classic. So... Um, did you have any more from this decade that you're... Um, looking back on fondly, or do you think it'll be...
1: Well, I, th- I have a couple more categories, but before we go into that, oh, what, sure. do, what are some movies that you like but other people didn't like? Like, what are some of your guilty uh, pleasures? Yeah, that's
0: a good question. Um, I
1: have... I'll, I'll I'll. throw out a couple. Uh, Captain Underpants, that <laughs> really good movie. Sorry. Okay. Um, Age of Ultron, the Avengers, uh, Avengers Age of Ultron. I okay. really like it. Um, now You See Me, both of them. Um... <laughs> I think they're great Super 8 which now people look at like it's not good but I, I, really, I really like Super like 8 Super I think 8. it's
0: J.J. Abrams best movie yeah. actually
1: and then um, my, my the biggest movie that everyone hates that I really like is The Lone Ranger with Armie Hamer I Johnny saw your
0: Letterboxd review for that yeah <laughs> um. it's
1: yeah no it's uh, I really like it and I I get why people don't like it but it's just like nope I get, I get a lot out of it <laughs>
0: um yeah it's been a while since i've seen it i thought it was uh oh, yeah. i thought I, I have a lot of problems with it particularly in the characters oh yeah no, has a very 100%. fun third act that movie yeah. though. I, I really I, like I, I like, act. I, like
1: oh, I think it's
0: yeah um, johnny
1: depp is you know that's obviously like <laughs> the crutch sure but i think the army hammer is really good as the lone ranger i think he's
0: good but i think he was very very poorly written. There's a scene where he yeah. leaves Tonto to die, but then decides not to leave him to die because he needs his help. And I was like, yeah. "That's very unlone rangery of you, Army Hammer." Maybe, yeah. <laughs> but I get it. You know, character character building. Um, I guess uh, stuff that I loved, or the stuff that I liked that maybe other people didn't like. Are you
1: looking at like the lowest average rating. I'm looking at so lowest
0: look- average lowest average ratings on Letterboxd. Uh that I Oh,
1: rated. Dark, Dark Phoenix, what a dumpster fire that was. <laughs> oh my God. Um Well wow. Have you noticed that um a lot of these YouTube critics, they're like not making worst of the years anymore? Right. And they're like, um, it's just not good to look back at it negatively, even though like two years ago they're like, This this movie was horseshit. It was the worst thing I ever seen. <laughs> right. And it's like Chris Duckman's like, Well, I just don't want to talk about bad movies because, you know, we all make bad movies and it's like, shut up.
0: Right. Well, yeah, I mean, I understand I get it. although I understand it Chris Tuckman's making shit. more movies now, yeah. so he's like it's harder to be as critical when you're doing it yourself, you mm. know? Um,
1: Even though he still gives movies Fs and things yeah. like that.
0: I, uh, okay, so a couple movies I liked this decade that other people, I mean, I liked both of the Ted movies quite uh-huh. a bit, actually, yeah. by Seth MacFarlane. Um... Ramona and Beesus. I didn't see Ramona and Beesus. <laughs> like 2010. I like all three of the Expendables movies. Okay. <laughs> I'll be that guy. I think they're all enjoyable. Maybe it's because I grew up on a lot of those yeah, actors, man, man, but man. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think those movies are fun. The Olympus Has Fallen movies. I've seen all three of them.
1: I like the first one. I thought it was kind of like a fun little action movie.
0: Yeah, the other two are much more trashy. Yeah, um, but
1: does it know it's trashy or does it try?
0: Anyway? I still don't know. Oh. <laughs> but. Um, both of the horrible bosses movies I really like too. I think those are, uh, kind of underrated comedies. Um, one movie, oh wait, that's not this decade. Never mind. <laughs> I was going to say Punisher Warzone, but that was before oh, this yeah, decade. Oh yeah,
1: no, that is a good movie. I like
0: that one. Uh, um, uh, that's a, it's a good question of, uh movies that were like
1: okay, like in the meantime, do you wanna kinda like take a kind of like retrospective look back at like I have like MCU, DCU, Star Wars, like kinda like a taking a look back at those like giants, you know?
0: Yeah. I also okay. I wanted to mention this briefly. So we mentioned it and you there was movies that we didn't that people didn't like that we liked, and we just mentioned this and it was actually this year, but I loved Godzilla King of the Monsters. Oh yeah. I know it's not a great movie. But as a lifelong Godzilla fan, it's pretty much as good as any other Godzilla movie, (laughs) (laughs) but done with a lot more style and class and with actual, like, good actors. Uh, So, uh, adored that movie. Also really liked the new Child's Play, too, which (sighs) was... Not uh, a
1: big fan of that one. (laughs) uh, Also, as a Child's Play fan, I thought it
0: was... uh, It was sort of like a dark comedy in the way that Gremlins is, Mm -hmm. which I think I enjoyed it that way as as a comedy. I thought it was one of the best comedies of the year. I laughed very hard. Um, But yeah, uh, most of the time I kind of agree with the general consensus. One movie, I mean, you brought up, you mentioned uh, Star Wars. Uh, we both really like The Last Jedi. Yeah, I and think
1: I have it. I think is the third best.
0: And that's a movie that's critically well received, but obviously really divisive amongst normal yeah. folks. <laughs> and uh, obviously, I'll be talking about that more later. But so, yeah, I like yeah, let's that
1: talk that about well, yeah, that's a good pivot. The Star Wars. Star Wars. Uh, okay, yeah. so we have Force Awakens, which right. I think is it's my second favorite Star Wars movie. Okay. I think it really captures the magic of the original movie, unlike uh, a number of the other ones. I don't know. I just think like it's such an incredible start to a what well,
0: It was so refreshing yeah. after the prequels too. If you watch these in order and it's like you see this movie and automatically there's like actual scenes with characters and they have emotions yeah. and personalities and you're like, "Whoa, what is this?" <laughs> like this is what I this is like old Star Wars, you know. Yeah. Um It's
1: a, it, I think okay, well everyone's like it's a new hope rip-off, but I think I think Red Letter Media put it best. They're like, this movie needed to reaffirm that everyone, why everyone loves Star Wars. Yeah. And it needed to yeah. do that by kind of like familiarizing people with the original one. Right. And the and- people who
0: say, oh, this movie is a ripoff of A New Hope, they say it like they figured out something nobody else did. Yeah, I'm like, oh, wrote it. it's like not that. like the movie is intentionally <laughs> reminiscent of the first movie. Like, it's J.J. Abrams very intentionally did that, you know, love him or hate him. That
1: was yeah.
0: You're supposed to notice. <laughs>
1: yeah, but the big, I think the, and I think everyone can agree that the biggest problem with the with the sequels, as we can call them, is just they didn't plan it.
0: Yeah, the lack of a plan is very especially evident when you see Rise of Skywalker because you notice it is. that
1: Whoa. they did not
0: have the end goals in mind. Yeah, uh, we also got the spin off movies Rogue One and Solo, mm-hmm. um, which are. I think Rogue One's okay. My opinions on Rogue One have changed drastically since I first saw it. I think I loved it when I first saw it. Mm -hmm. And now I think it's kind of bad, but it's okay. Like, it's like, I think it's a...
1: It's a fun little side
0: quest. Yeah, it's a very poorly paced movie Mm -hmm. that I also think only works well if you're already a Star Wars fan. Yeah but um it's a
1: star wars story. It's got story. a very it's
0: a very well directed movie. I like Gareth Edwards, but uh, horribly boring characters and a bad scripts. Yeah. Um,
1: I'm st- with that said, I'm still kind of excited for the Cassian and Cassian Andor. Are you and really?
0: They, yeah. <laughs> I, I actually, had to, I had to google who that was when they announced that show was happening. I was like Cassian Andor. What?
1: I don't know. Like they kind of had a good bond, and like I was at, I was actually at D twenty three. So like they, really? kind of, wow. yeah, they got and they brought Alan Tudyk and uh, Diego Luna on stage That's to talk cool. about that, and they seemed really excited, and they had really good chemistry together, and so I think it should be yeah. a pretty. I mean, pretty I have an open, show.
0: I have an open mind. I thought he was kind of a boring character in that movie. Not, it's not Diego Luna's fault. I thought it yeah. was just. Oh, it's the writing. Way, yeah, the way his character worked. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then Solo was a very kind of disposable like adventure it. movie. Yeah.
1: It looks. It. I think everyone agrees. It looks. It looks awful. It's a
0: horrible looking movie. Yeah. And Which, also, when you think about how much more creative the movie would might have been, been if Phil Lord and Chris Miller had done it, but then they got Ron Howard, who's the resident yeah. make your movie more boring guy. Yeah. <laughs> but I. I thought. I think take out the fact that the movie looks very bad. It's the cinematography is awful.
1: Mm-hmm. I
0: thought it was. I mean, I liked the characters. I thought Alden Ehrenreich was very good as Han. Yeah. It's a enjoyable romp of a movie that is also very forgettable, yeah. I think. Of
1: course, Donald Lover's great is Lando. Yes. I think we can yeah. agree on that one. Um, but yeah.
0: Do you want to talk about the MCU briefly? Yeah, it? we
1: can talk about that. What was your
0: favorite, favorite and least favorite movie at the MCU, I guess?
1: From this decade or just in general?
0: I guess from this decade, yeah. So 2010 onward. Because I already know off the top of my head my favorite. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Favorite's Endgame, I think. Endgame? I mean, yeah. Yeah. I just think it's the kind of culmination of all of them.
0: Yeah. I loved it. That was a, a great experience. I think my personal... The movie I've rewatched the most has been Ragnarok. Thor Ragnarok.
1: Yeah. No, I that, that movie definitely... I think I had a weird theater experience with that one. I had a bad theater experience really? with that one. And so I was like, eh, it's meh. And I watched it again. I'm like, oh, it's actually an incredible movie. It's really yeah. good. Yeah. Except, I think I still think Hela's not a great villain. I think it's she's really yeah, really she was disposable. a little disappointing
0: as a villain. But also, like, the movie cares so little about Hela as a character that mm-hmm. <laughs> it's Which is like, cool. yeah. Um, I'm for in terms of my least favorite. There's no MCU movies that I think are like egregiously terrible. Thor:
1: The Dark World. Thor: The Dark World <laughs> <laughs> is right.
0: That movie's kind of. I don't remember I think what. My happened least to that favorite
1: MCU movie that didn't come out is this decade is Incredible Hulk. I think oh. it's legitimately just not a good movie.
0: Oh, okay, it's been a long time since I've seen that one too. But
1: yeah, I think my favorite non Game one is probably Civil War. Okay. I just think the themes and performances are really great. Yeah. I think Robert Downey Jr. should have been nominated for Sporting Actor in that one, just because of. I mean, you know, he's good. A lot of people were saying, are saying, were saying that he should have been nominated this year. Yeah. And but I think Civil War is probably his other best performance in in the MCU. He's just really great and a lot of the revelations and stuff that you see him go through and Cap go through is really great in that movie. Also,
0: I want to I want there to be justice for Iron Man 3 because yeah. I think people really got mad at that movie, it's like a comic good book movie. fans got mad.
1: <laughs> yeah. It's it's very
0: yeah, it's I mean Shane Black again yeah. did that movie and
1: uh, well we can't say that now cuz We predator. can't say that now cuz the
0: predator isn't very good. But take out the predator all his movies are good. Yeah. And uh, very well written movie, very funny, very it doesn't really tie that much into the wider universe, but yeah. I don't care. It's a good Christmas movie. It's a great Christmas movie like all of Shane Black's movies.
1: Yeah, it's about a guy needing to realize what's important in his life and it's Christmas time. That's yeah. a Christmas movie.
0: So before we Do, do you have anything else you wanted to say about the the decade? For a...
1: DCU was garbage. Pretty much. Almost all of it.
0: Yeah. I, I, Aquaman's fun schlock, but uh not very good. Oh. I know a lot of people like Wonder Woman. I thought it was okay. Yeah, uh, name was okay. Batman versus Superman and That's a guilty
1: pleasure, I forgot about that one. Really? I, oh. I think that one was
0: painful for me. Oh really? Yeah.
1: I thought Justice League that was my Justice League that was my painful, painful one.
0: for me just because it was so stupid and like humorous and silly where it was like I felt like Batman versus Superman, Zack Snyder was like, oh, this is sick. This is like the Dark Knight. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, nah. Um... um. So we have to go soon. Uh, yeah. Before we close out, I wanted to ask what you're looking forward to in 2020, off the top of your head.
1: Um, all these uh, live action Disney. <laughs> I think
0: they're, yeah. they're really transcending. Really want to see what happens. That being said, Mulan
1: I'm, actually I'm, looks al- pretty yeah. good. I'm actually, actually uh, I'm actually <laughs> excited for Mulan. Legitimately, I like oh, I haven't it actually seen, looks pretty good. I never saw
0: Aladdin or uh, the the. the garb- they're awful. They're yeah. they're awful. But we're uh, gonna be
1: seeing a lot more of those this decade.
0: <sighs> yeah, Mulan looks good though. Um, um,
1: Lion King is now the highest grossing animated movie oh, of all time, and of course I want like, to kill myself.
0: Um, um, but yeah, there's a lot of movies this year that I'll be seeing. I think
1: everyone's really sleeping on Black Widow. I think it'll be a pretty enjoyable movie. Yeah, it should be movie. fun.
0: Yeah. Uh, Color Out of Space is a movie I really want to see with Nicolas Cage. as an H.P. Lovecraft adaptation. I
1: think both of um, the Pixar movies look great. Onward yeah. looks really good, but I think Soul really looks like, oh, this yes. is like incredible. It looks kind of
0: fun, yeah. And um, it's
1: directed by the person who did Inside Out, so I wouldn't be surprised oh, cool. if they tie in, like, the emotions with the soul.
0: I also, uh, yeah, there's a lot of leftover movies from last year, like 1917 and Portrait of a Lady on Fire, which will be coming out this year that yeah. I'm still excited to um, see. I'm, just
1: trying to th- I'm trying to think of a lot of what's coming out.
0: The Lodge is a movie I've been wanting to see for a long time, and they, they pushed it. Um, but usually the best movies of the year end up being movies I didn't know were coming out. And they, they come out later. Yeah. Like, Uncut Gems, I didn't know the Safdie brothers were making another movie, and then I saw that, like, last week, and I was like, oh, this movie came out of nowhere, and I loved it. I can't, um, I'm
1: just trying to see what... what <laughs> Bad Boys for Life.
0: Bad Boys for Life, which comes out on my birthday, so oh, really? I'm definitely seeing it on my birthday. What do you
1: think of Bond? I think it'll be fun. Yeah, it'll be okay.
0: Yeah, no, no time to die.
1: Tenet looks very interesting.
0: Yeah, Christopher Nolan. Mm. Actually, all right. So in terms of big sequels, I think Top Gun: Maverick looks pretty fun, <laughs> and also I I liked this the trailer to Ghostbusters: Afterlife.
1: Yeah, it was a good trailer. I think actually. that actually looks
0: pretty good, so I'm excited for that.
1: I'm really looking for uh, because the trailer comes out next week is New Mutants. It's getting oh, an April release. It's yeah. finally
0: coming out. Yeah. I'm excited for that. I like Anya Taylor Joy a lot. I like yeah. the cast and what do
1: you oh um It's horror too? Yeah. Josh Tranks coming back. He's yeah. got a good friend. Uh Capone movie. Okay. Um movie I'm not looking forward to, but everyone's looking forward to is a Quiet Place. I don't like Quiet Place One. Like yeah, this I one. thought a
0: quiet place one was all right. Free guy
1: looks actually pretty fun.
0: <laughs> yeah, we'll see. I might, depending on what people say about it, I might see it.
1: Just because um, I don't know. I just think any movie that he's in, he's very. I think I don't know. He just a lot of the times he's just like a shining light in a lot of garbage.
0: Yeah, usually. Because
1: like Pokemon without him would have been like okay, but yeah. he makes it pretty good.
0: Yeah, you're right. Um. I don't know, yeah, but... We'll um, see, um, but yeah, I'm looking forward to it, thanks for doing this, I yeah, appreciate it. Yeah, no problem. Dude, obviously, if you want our complete opinions on everything, follow us both on Letterboxd. Yeah. You are, it's uh, just your name. Aiden
1: 619, so A-Y-D-E-N 619, it's pretty, yeah. yeah. And I'm Johnny Mackey on Letterboxd, so I appreciate it, thank you so much. Yeah, no problem.
0: All right, and there goes a whole nother year of movies and a whole decade of movies, too. And um, I just want to thank all you guys for sticking with me for so long. Uh, we're not even at a year yet. I started this podcast just before uh, summer of 2019, um, so we still have a lot of uh, road ahead of us. But if you've been enjoying it thus far, uh, please uh, leave me a review. Um I really appreciate the feedback, even even if you hate the podcast and you want to leave a review. I just like knowing that there's somebody out there listening to me talk into this empty void that is my laptop. So uh, I would really appreciate that. Um and uh, if you like this podcast, also, as always, you can like our Facebook page, We Are Movies. You can follow us on Instagram at We Are Movies Pod. You can follow me on Instagram, Twitter, or Letterboxd at Johnny Mockney. Um, Letterboxd is so much fun. It's a great social media platform for people who love movies. You can follow Aiden, as we've said before. The two of us are super active on there. Um, and it's, it's probably the best social media platform out there. I'm not even sponsored by them. I'm just saying it. Obviously, unless you uh, don't like movies or if you just haven't seen movies. But if that's the case, I have your New Year's resolution for you. See more movies. So, that, I guess that's going to be my sign-off today. Uh, Happy New Year, everybody. See more movies. And I can't wait to talk to you next time. Bye-bye.